connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. A full crew today. I have James. Did you see that <laughs> shit? <laughs> I was like ready to say it, and he just stole it from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Brad, and I and I brought stuff. You brought stuff. <laughs> you brought like what? Food? Did you bring me food? Gifts. Gifts. You brought gifts. Ooh. Yeah. Wonderful and, gifts. Uh, we Zach. Also, Zach. Welcome. Awesome. Yep. Did you bring something to share for with everyone? I did. I brought Zach a uh, key lime Twinkie. Uh, Ghostbusters Twinkie. So here you go, sir. <laughs> there okay. You go. Nice. All right. <laughs> uh, now it's smashed. Yep. Um, no, it's not. And then for you two assholes, you each get some Ecto Cooler. Oh, oh what? shit! Man, Zach already had Thanks. Ecto Cooler. Nicely done. Sir. <laughs> Nicely done. Ecto Coolers for closers, man. So I'm gonna, I have to I'm gonna keep this in my fridge forever. I've had it for 25 years. Is it a soda or is it just like high C punch? It's juice, but it's in a can, which is weird. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. It's like fruit punch, but it's like like citrus flavor. It's like orange drink, really. So it's orange. It's orange juice in a can. Not orange. Not juice. juice drink. Orange said, drink. You said it was juice, like orange crush. Like purple. It's orange um, crush. Let, let me let me help you. It's orange and tangerine flavors. Yeah. So it's like oh. a mild orange. Doesn't tangerine just taste like orange? Is in it, a, in is a it way, green? in a way, James, you need to. Uh, I need you to. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do know palettes. I don't even know what color it is. What color is it? Is it green? <laughs> it's green and orange. I mean the the juice, not the. Hey, Kellen. The juice is orange. Okay. Kellen, are you right. gonna have some pizza? Oh, you're gonna have a Twinkie. Just, just steal. <laughs> yeah, just steal Zach's Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, or he could. <laughs> it's not yours. I know. The world is ruined. Uh, Mommy's yeah. mean. <laughs> Oh, God, look at that waveform. If, if only if only you weren't, too. Yeah, he's, he's getting really good at this. You're all right. Everything is okay. Devastating. Oh, if you haven't known, my, my wife is, like, super mean to him. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's that. He told me, uh, today, Kellen told me that, I said, Kellen, you want to go with Daddy? You going to go bye-bye? No. <laughs> No, no, I'm gonna steal it. I thought he was gonna go uh, for the pizza. Actually, I did too, because he like loves pizza. Right? Yeah. Oh, poor little kid. I feel Relax. bad. I, I brought was. this temptation mm-hmm. into the household. Oh no, no, he was, he, he was gonna. It would have mattered. It, it could have could have been James's Powerade. It could have been. Let me explain to you something about um, children. Uh-oh. They always want what they don't have. <laughs> yes, Father Ryan. <laughs> you know, parents. <laughs> yes. I because I mean I bought him a new Captain America toy. He's like, oh cool, Captain America, Pff, whatever. Uh, to be fair, I saw that Captain America toy. That thing is shit. I know. Like it's it's like it's just an old style GI Joe, and I know because yeah. I have one. Yeah. Um, that like they're they're super stiff, yeah. so they're they're just. Yeah. Like, I I just keep mine on a on a shelf to display it, and then mm-hmm. it looks cool. But if I were like four, 
oh man. I know, I have a Green Goblin that's like that. And of course, I only get it because I get any action figure well, that's the Green Goblin. Right, but, yeah. But that's different. Uh, but they're, you know, half the price of normal ones. Yeah. And there's no way I'm going to spend 25 bucks so we can get a cool Captain America. Yeah, it's, it's one thing for like. Uh, for an adult to have one of those, because you're like, okay, this will sit here and look yeah. like Captain America. But when I was a kid, like my favorite Spider-Man was like the super articulated one mm-hmm. um, that after you played with him for like 24 hours, couldn't stand up anymore. Yeah. But still, it was cool. Yeah, exactly. Because you could pose him like all the comic book covers. It was great. But yeah. Anyway. Hey, anyways, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, at Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast <laughs> our experience to the world. This week we saw Kickboxer Vengeance. Is there colon in it? Yes. It's Kickboxer colon Vengeance. Okay. Cool. Um, well, how, how many... What iteration of Kickboxer is this? How many are there? I think there's four originally, and then this is the fifth one, but, I mean, they're not they're not the same story. But this... Yeah, but this one, <laughs> I would say, is more of a direct sequel to the first one. Yes. That would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> because Van Damme plays the same character. Yeah, okay. Um, I haven't seen the original Kickboxer in a very long time, so I went into this... Relatively cold. Okay, so, so we'll for find that. out. Um, we also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, Blu-rays that are coming out. Yep, we do movie stuff. I like to start every episode different. This <laughs> week we're going to start with what's going on around town, Brad. Uh, not much. Uh. At the drive-in, they've changed up to Sully, Suicide Squad, and Sasha's party. And what is Sasha's party? Oh, sausage! I said Sasha. I'm like, what the fuck? Sasha is Sasha party? Sasha party. <laughs> is that like a '70s porn that I've never heard of? <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> it probably is. And uh, I didn't look up the uh, Midnight the Esquire. Um, I think it's probably just Rocky Horror and the Room anyway. So. You had you had one job to do. Yep, and I, I ignored it. And my only job is, is uh, does anybody have the Alamo stuff up? Because I totally... Uh, my phone is... Uh, I don't know what I did with my phone. Well, I feel truth. alone on this. Uh, I could probably pull it up. Well, while, we do that, while you're pulling that up, I will tell you that the best place to buy comic books is Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics in Arvada, Colorado. Say hi to Andrew. Start a hold slot. You'll get 20% off your comic book subscription. I felt so bad last weekend. I went in there to go check on a hold slot, which I haven't bought anything from maybe two or three months. It's a mess. Is it? Yeah. The stack's probably, if I stacked, uh, what's that, 12 inches? 12 inches high? Wow, that's a lot of comics. comics. That's like 80 comics. So, and I bought $20 worth, so (laughs) (laughs) it's not good. I I got like six. Yeah, comics are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I miss reading them as often as I used to. Uh, Okay, let's see. I'm doing this the hard way, so... the Ultimate Willy Wonka Party is on uh, the 13th, so this Tuesday. Uh, Video Vortex Sakura Killers is on Wednesday, the, four- the 14th. Did I say the 14th twice? I-, I may have. Anyway, the 13th is Willy Wonka. The 14th is Video Vortex. Um, the Big Lebowski at the Great Divide Brewing Company at 6 p.m. is on Thursday. Uh, it's a good movie. It is also overrated. Um, and then they're showing, uh, this Friday the 16th, they're showing Hot Rod and Sleepy Hollow. So you can check that out. But the big one that I need to go buy tickets for, like, right now, is uh, Showgirls with David Schmader, um, which I'd seen the trailers for a number of times when I've been there, and it always looks really funny. And then when I talked to Stephen Kendall this week, they were like, no, no, you have to come see it, because he actually... um, So this guy is like a... 
an unofficial or maybe even official genius about showgirls, um, which is a hell of a thing to, to be. Um, and he uh, he actually will he'll pause the movie. So he's got like a remote for the for the Blu-ray. That's some good ecto cooler. <laughs> uh, he'll pause the movie to talk about it. He fast forwards through the rape sequence. Um, it it just sounds like it's actually a, a really special help. experience. Um, so yeah, uh, maybe go. Have you never see seen that. Showgirls? I've never seen Showgirls. There's so a I think part where they cool make her nipples hard with ice. <sighs> Amazing. Have you not seen it either, Zach? No, I've seen it. I was gonna say. <laughs> You're deplorable um, like me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and just to, you've to, been looking into my files, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to fill out, you know, a little bit over a week. So on the on Sunday the 18th, they're showing Steel Magnolias. They're showing Roadhouse with a live commentary by David Schmader. Uh, so same same kind of thing. Uh, and then there's a Twister movie party. Um, so if you want to go watch Twister, it literally advertised that you will feel the wind and the rain, which makes me very curious about how wet you will get. So like, is this like the Jaws fan with like a spray bottle and a spray into the fan? <laughs> I or? hope so. It's just, yeah. a, it's just a lonely guy just going like, this is my yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they need to get the sign from the Jaws ride, uh, the now, I think, defunct Jaws ride that says, you may get wet as you get onto the ride. Uh, it's still at Universal's Orlando. I think they did oh, take okay. it at it. Uh, California. Okay, they took yeah. the shark out of California. Yeah, because of Harry Potter, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know if I'm upset about that or. I am. Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> the the anyway. Jaws ride in Orlando is really good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's. I think that's all Alamo stuff. Can I redo my? Around yeah, town? yeah. Of course you can. Like we're <laughs> not professional like things. This all is right. a, it's five years of just like winging this shit. You can do whatever you want. Okay, this is what's going on around town. Do we have to play the segue again? <laughs> I'll, I'll edit it. Yeah, you better. <laughs> no, I want it in there twice. Okay. I want you to play the music twice. <laughs> what's, going on, what's going on around town? Redux. <laughs> oh! Remix! <laughs> yes, that's what I want. All right, The Esquire. It's actually uh, The Craft, 20th, an- 20th anniversary showing. That's the witch movie? It's one of the witch movies mm-hmm. from that era. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. Uh, my friend Brandon really liked that movie. It's yeah. all right. And because it's cool and Ryan will like it, uh, I'll say the following weekend is Evil Dead 2. Oh, nice. Oh. That's going to come up later. I can finally complete Actually, my Actually, not theatrical. the following weekend. The weekend after. So which, which, which weekend? The last weekend of September. Okay. September 30th and October 1st, Evil awesome. Dead 2. Sweet. I've seen Midnight Evil Dead and Army of Darkness in a theater. Never seen Evil Dead 2? Not in the theater. Get ready for a party. <laughs> I yeah, do love cool. Evil Dead 2. No, Evil Dead 2 is one great. of the greatest horror films of all time. Indeed. And then the last thing I totally forgot is to tell people to come to the Esquire on the 15th for the Why? 48-hour best of <laughs> screening. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> uh, come watch me punch James in the face. <laughs> <laughs> With my own fist. Get your tickets at the door. $8 <laughs> at the door. Seven fifty online. <laughs> Twelve dollars. There's also going to be fifteen. <laughs> there's also going to be fifteen movies there, but so, the main attraction is the punch in the face. So it's yeah. only fifty. Or it's only fifty cents to be indifferent until Thursday night. 50 okay. Cents? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it's a, if it's seven fifty online, I can not make a decision until until Thursday night and only pay fifty cents. I think it's mm-hmm. great. That's just for the face punching, though. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the movies? It's twelve dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> cool. Yep. Well, thanks again, Brad. For the ecto cooler, not for the segment. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Every week, 
besides seeing a featured movie, we also watch other films in a segment we like to call Other Films Stuff We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Zach, what'd you watch this week? Other films. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, Sounds like a Lars Van Tier thing. So, I, <laughs> so <laughs> other films. I, 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 I compare it to Hitler. Now, I want uh, nudity <laughs> and nonsense. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Whatever you say, Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I screwed up. I didn't see Kickboxer Vengeance this you, weekend. You didn't screw up. No, I didn't. They, these guys didn't go see Sully. That's that's a different thing. Oh, okay. Uh, but we no, went saw Sully. We were on this podcast, all of us, when I said Kickboxer, Kickboxer Vengeance was the film of the week. Yeah, and then I said, and we'll go see Sully, too. Okay, so should I just hold off on Sully? Until no, the no, end? no. Let's talk about Sully. Okay. So um, <laughs> uh, I saw Sully, uh, obviously, for the Clint Eastwood Marathon. And um, because it's, you know. It's yeah. It's Sully. Yeah. It's, it was gonna. It was gonna pop up on my radar eventually. Right. Um, I want that plane to look like it's crashing faster. <laughs> Crash into this chair. So after, after brace for impact. Brace for impact. Ah, Tom, you better do this role. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after two days, how do you feel about it? Because we saw, we saw this together. Yeah. So I, I kind of know. And I think our conversation still stands on it. Yeah. Um. It has the same problem that I have with any recent event movie, which is how do you tell a story about something that really has no emotional impact outside of the patriotic feelings that you can get and the feeling of comfort of human coming humans coming together to uh, in during a crisis. Yeah, that's the emotional core of this film. And that's great, but I don't really care about Sully as a character the way I should be caring about him as a character. There's mm. no... You're going against everything else I've read about that. It, I... Look at you with your own opinion. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that there's nothing to like. It's just that what I want to like about this film is not present. Uh-huh. So um, the, that being said, the crash sequence was amazing amazingly shot yeah. beautifully executed tense suspenseful um uh and it's edited in a very unique way so that the story can flow even though it's it's a very short film so you're not really getting a lot of uh well didn't the, uh, the actual flight was like 11 minutes wasn't it yeah i think it's six no yeah but yeah but the 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 key thing is that you you have to realize that they're they're switching between the crash or the, the, the landing I should say the landing um, and the uh, uh, the uh, investigation pr- uh, after the cr- uh, landing yeah um, what I did like about this film was Tom Hanks's performance and I don't know if they shot digitally for this one or if Clint was able to use film. I think no, he started on an IMAX camera. Yeah. So this film looks very crisp and clean. It's one of the cleanest looking Clint Eastwood films I've seen because he's usually very dark. Yeah. And a lot of crushed I can tell you, I know they used the new IMAX digital cameras for it. I read a whole thing about it in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Oh, cool. So this, about how they did that whole sequence is pretty impressive. And yeah. it's less noirish than his films normally are. Like, there's not a lot of shadow in this movie. 
It's very light. It's very optimistic yeah. um, looking film. It looks it looks like the terminal most of the time. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, I would give the film um, uh, for my usual review scale on Clint films. I'd give it f- three out of four planes. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then I also saw with Brad Yoga Hosers. Mm. Oh. Oh. You've had a rough week, haven't you? I have. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga Hosers is the story of... Uh, I'm so excited. Two Canadian girls fighting sausages. <laughs> and a goalie golem. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. The, Shit. There's the, a, a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Uh, takes uh, the skin of his victims and turns into the goalie golem. Yeah. Well, well, well. What? <laughs> Imagine it's like it's like to tusk. It's like what the walrus suit is to tusk. Yeah. Okay. So there's with a Jason mask. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I have no understanding of what. Okay. So there's a guy. There's some. There's some girls, and they they work in a convenience store, and they have some kind of of adventure where they run into a guy who is a Nazi in Canada who's skinning people alive and turning them into a goalie golem. Yep. Yeah. Like a like a like a skin golem. That plays hockey. Yes. Yeah, he's got his own hockey stick and everything, and he, well, instead of he's an artist. Know, uh, instead, yeah, he's oh, that's is the he? that's the that's the be- <laughs> that's the beautiful thing is that Ralph Garman's character, who's the Nazi sympathizer, he's an artist and he's going against critics. Critics trash his art. Okay. Back in the day, and, and so then he froze he, himself, so <laughs> that he could be more appreciated in his uh, appreciated for his art. This sounds stupid. You know what? You're not wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely a dopey idea. It is. And a, a dopey film. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was kind of charming a little bit. So there was, there was definitely something about the film that I enjoyed. But as I said in my review, this film was not made for me. <laughs> yeah. And that's just fine. Okay. It was made for somebody, and I really hope they enjoy it. I really do. Because I don't ultimately want to see Kevin Smith fail, but this film was the weakest I've seen of his filmography. Ever. I told I told Zach probably the thing that like the biggest missed opportunity is that like the the conflict is just that these girls have to stop uh, this Nazi sympathizer. But if Kevin Smith had done what he'd done in the past and wrote a storyline that puts some conflict between the two girls' relationship that itself, yeah. exactly, um, it's missing like a movie. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. At the end of the day, they just show up and then easily, you know, throw some punches and they save the day. It's it's not like it's just, they just go from A to B and then Johnny yeah. Depp shows up at one point. Oh, good. Um, well, he shows up at many points. At many with points. Many moles. With, yeah, these, like every frame they put on. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Point. His moles are in different spots. Like every time it, the camera cuts oh, back that's... to him. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> that was oh. most or he has story. more of them. <laughs> yeah. Or he has none. It, it's 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 an interesting film. Uh, uh. In, in as much as that, the, the performances aren't bad. Like Justin Long's funny in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Genesis Rodriguez is interesting in the. And film. they also go to great lengths to like introduce characters that eventually don't have that any relationship to off. the end of the movie. It's almost like, you know, he's drawing attention to a cameo. Because uh, it's a cameo, yeah. Because uh, each when uh, every time they introduce a new character in the movie, there's like this. Uh, like you saw in the trailer, there's like a like an eight bit screen that does like their vital statistics. A little Scott Pilgrimy, okay. Um, mm-hmm. 
So as the girls go through the school day, it's like they have one for each of the friends that they run into and then each of the teachers they, they talk to. And then none of those characters have any involvement in the end of the film. From then on, it's just the girls and then Gila Point and then Ralph Garman's character. Yeah. So it's it's just it's it's lazy. It's a it's 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 which it's was a, it's kind, kind of, of a the mess. Ryan, Ryan I I I miss Kevin Smith. I do too. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I'm, I'm going to go see it because I am a fan of Kevin Smith. I, I do think he's an incredibly intelligent man. The interview he had with his daughter for Yahoo was really great. Is where, she is she good in this movie? So I don't mean to interrupt Ryan, but um, like, I have hope that like she's, she's not fine. bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. She Sorry. and Lily Rose hold their own. I okay. mean, just when she asks him who his favorite performer is, and he goes on this tale where he's, he said, you're my favorite performer because you got me excited about making film again. Yeah. And I, I like that, and it's a really sweet moment. And I think, while I think Tusk is, I don't think it's a bad film. I think it's a different film, and I respect him for Tusk a lot because anybody who's willing to take a chance like that and just go balls deep in is fine. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I, I miss the chasing Amy Kevin Smith. I miss Red State. E, the Red State Kevin Smith. I, I I'll I'll say it because I know everybody else. I, I think when he started becoming a huge stoner mm-hmm. is when it really affected his output. Yeah, because the Kevin Smith who wrote Chasing Amy to me has a voice that I think can't be matched in cinema. Yeah. His, his way he writes dialogue, the way he has characters talk, I think is some of the best. Yeah, and I think he kind of got away from that if he sat down and focused on characters again like brad said you know it's i think he would make a film that i would fall in love with well and i will say like he wrote red state which i i think is his masterpiece um while he was smoking weed but he was he was depressed he was coming off of stuff he didn't like uh or, or that he was really sad about and like out of that out of that struggle he actually wrote something he really cared about i feel like right now he is surrounded by a lot of people who really like him and it, he's getting that like George Lucas stank on him where like no one tells him no and when he says things on his podcast like I think it'd be funny if I made human centipede but with a walrus everybody thinks it's so fantastic and that he goes and does it and it ends up not being fantastic what was so great about him was when he did things that weren't what people expected but I would also Ch- argue that scenes with Justin Long and uh I can't think of his name. In Michael Tusk. Parks. Michael, Michael Parks and Tusk are incredible scenes. Yeah, but I, I think they're incredible because Michael Parks is incredible. I don't know that the movie as a whole, like oh, that no, movie, falls on its own weight. Um, I agree. You know, and I, I guess I need to see this one, but at the same time, I just am like, you know, Chasing Amy is as good as it is. Clerks is great because no one had seen that before. Mm-hmm. Chasing Amy is great because no one expected that from him, and so is Red State. Like no one expected a movie like that, and it break so many yeah, conventions but, like it is so smartly structured but i think that's um, what's been missing from his films uh of late his last few uh save red state because there's that great michael parks monologue in it but yeah um you know even in dogma when bartleby and loki are talking at the beginning yeah with walking is brilliant yeah and I, I think he should go back to focusing on those characters yeah or i mean if i mean he's obviously going to make moose jaws because i think he said it's already financed great so He'll make that, and that's fine. And I think it's an interesting concept. But I, I want to see his Mallrats show do well. I want yeah. him to get back to that View Askew universe. I want mm-hmm. him to do. I want him to do Hit Somebody. Yeah. Every time, like when you heard him talk about Hit Somebody, you could hear an actual passion in his mind to tell a story that he thought was great and that moved him. And that is the kind of art that I 
I think he is best at is when he tells something that's really personal. Um, that's why Clerks 2 is really good, because he's, he's talking about how he felt at that age. Um, and so, like, this just sounds like... I, I get it that it's him having fun, but, like, this... <laughs> listening to the description of this movie is the most depressing yeah. conversation about a movie. Yeah, I, I want to see it. I keep on looking. I haven't seen it in theaters around here. It was, it, it was, was, it was at, the, at the Century 16, right? It was at the Aurora Century 16. That's where we had to go in order to see the movie. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, I started on a podcast recently. He said, like, you know, he wants to make stuff like Clerks 3, but the problem is that financiers are paying him to make stuff like Yoga Hosers, and no one's giving him money to make Clerks 3. Yeah, is which is an a, interesting... Is there a script for Clerks 3? Yes, there is. Oh, okay. I'm, I forget what the reason was. He said, there was a, yeah, he said there was some specific reason about Clerks 3 that, like, um, it, and it's based on the history of, like, how it's done at the box office. Sure. Why yeah. he they won't give money for it. Yeah. But, for you know, apparently when he brings up stuff like, yeah, uh, Canadian sausages fighting, like, people are like, here, take it. take my, <laughs> Make this movie with my money. Okay. Like, it, it's, he, he's... It's strange how e- much easier it is to it is. make schlock than his heartfelt stuff. So maybe she just shouldn't call it Clerks Three. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. Like make a. But you know, I will say too. Hopefully, he'll get back because he's excited about directing Flash and uh, Supergirl and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, maybe he'll rekindle. I. I mean, I'll see because I like the man, so I'll see what he does. But yeah. um, but I I will probably rent this thing when it comes out. But you know, you should. You won't have to wait too long. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't a dig. I'm just. I think that was yeah. the plan from the get go. Oh, for it was sure. A yeah. Very limited theatrical. Yeah, release. then you at least throw it out on VOD for a while. That's what know? I'm thinking. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, and then the last thing that I saw was, um, I saw uh, a Prairie Home Companion again because I was just curious about like why I picked it as my number one because I knew why I picked it, but uh, from last week's episode, I wanted to watch it again and. I stand by my decision because it's a, it's a very charming film. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, depth to the film that I think that Altman was going for. That was That's outside of the whole radio thing. Yeah. It's more of just like getting old, um, really adapting to Garrison Keillor as a writer and not just the concept around him. Like, there's more to this story than just, hey, we're putting on a radio show. Yeah. We no, it's it. There's there's something. There's the things about like just how the how the how the fates of the universe work and how we as a culture kind of slip and slide into different fads each and every other day. And I I, I totally dig it. Um, and I also had more of appreciation for uh, Meryl Streep's performance this time around because um, it's each time I watch the movie, I think I'm focusing on a new character because it's an ensemble piece. Yeah. So wait, an Altman is an ensemble. <laughs> I know, crazy, right? <laughs> he also introduced the world to Huey Lewis's dong. So that is true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that comes out on Blu-ray next week, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, it's either next week or the week after. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and I, actually. I do have one more thing. So I, we pay, Spencer Kane and I paid tribute to Gene Wilder, and we went and saw Blazing Saddles at the Alamo. That was one of the best experiences at the Alamo I ever oh, had. Man, this is just nonstop because laughter. Blazing Saddles. Do they do anything? Amazing film. Do they? Do anything, yeah. Do they do anything special? Like no, to produce it? Just no play the movie. They just gave just, everybody a can of beans as they walked in. I wish. 
Wouldn't that, that would be great? Be so cool. Like if everybody, oh, if that's no, what I should have ordered was like a burrito or something like that. So I could have ordered that moment and a bag of dimes. They should have been awesome. Yeah, they should <laughs> they should have given everybody like a free bowl of, of baked beans, like just one of the little you know one of the little saucers of baked beans. And then like just are you listening, it. Alamo Draft House? Oh man! So they, they should have timed it just right so that when that scene comes up, the whole audience can just like give out a fart for Gene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny or the new foundation farts for Gene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Little 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 known fact that, that Ryan you will appreciate is can you make that a shirt? <laughs> uh, my mom brought up the brought the, the showing up uh, today, and she was like, "Oh, I was so sad I didn't get a chance to go." My mom loves Blazing Saddles. What and specifically remembers the fart scene as one of the mo- times she has Wait, laughed the let's, most let's in a stop. theater. Your mom loves a raunchy rated R comedy. Uh huh. Yeah, I love your mom. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Love. and and thinks that the fart scene is hilarious. It is hilarious. Uh, oh, it's great. It's so good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, um, and you won't... Ha- well, she may not have to miss it because I heard that AMC is extending their oh. programming of that and Willy Wonka. Oh, cool. So Warner Brothers is keeping it around because apparently... They want to make know, money. They, they, they want to make money. And I don't know how much it made on those two <laughs> showings that they had last week, but yeah. apparently made enough. And it's enough for Alamo to have three different showtimes for that Willy Wonka movie party. Yeah. I checked, and I'm probably going to the 815 one. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. If neat. I'm gonna, if I go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you make it, very neat. Okay. That's all I watched this week. Cool. All right, I'll go. Uh, I watched a few things. I, I watched Dinner for Schmucks with Schmucks. I haven't <laughs> seen that in forever. Oh yeah, and it's so bizarre, but like brilliant at the same time. I don't know how to describe rewatching it. But there's so many great comedic actors in it. Uh, I mean, uh, the dude from Flight of the Concords, uh, Jermaine, what's his name? Jermaine Clement. There we go. And uh, Steve Carell is really bizarre in it. Zach Galifianakis plays a mind reader who's banging Steve Carell's wife. It's, it's sad and funny. And it's, I don't know how to describe the film, but I haven't seen it in years. And... With Trademark going out of business, their used Blu-rays were 70% off, so I got it for $1.50. And so it's like, oh, all right, I'll watch it. Trademark's yeah. going out of business? Oh, oh, yeah. Somebody hasn't been listening to the podcast. I, 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 I haven't. I haven't uh, yeah, so right now, all their uh, new Blu-rays are 50% off, used are 70. Um, so there's not very yeah. many good used, obviously, left. Right. Um, but I picked that one up, and it is literally, I think, $1.25. And I, I enjoyed it. I, I remember kind of liking it when it came out, but wasn't that overly impressed with it. But watching it again, I get kind of the dark humor in it and the subtleties and the performances that I was just really impressed with. Cool. And, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, I watched The Nice Guys. I've watched that four times since I've bought it. Because <laughs> uh. I just keep on, like, catching new nuances in Ryan Gosling's performance that I just keep on falling more and more in love with. And I really hope that La La Land is as great as people are saying it is. And he gets nominated for Nice Guys and La La Land. And he'll competing against himself um <laughs> but I, I still think my my favorite line that's a really big throwaway line that just proves how much of a goober ryan gosling's character is in this film yeah is they're sitting there and uh they're talking about misty mountains and russell crowe goes the porno actress it's like <laughs> whoa 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 young lady the porno young lady and it's just the way he says it is just amazing yeah. uh so i i freaking love that movie uh and i'll get now to new stuff 
I got my shout select of Roadhouse. Oh boy! And I watched it three times because the first time I watched it, <laughs> you're insane. The, well, the first time I watched it, obviously just straight, and then the second one, there's a commentary by Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Awesome. That's pretty awesome on it. Okay. And then I watched it with the director, which he's fun, but he's not as fun as watching it with those guys. Uh, but Roadhouse is so ridiculous that I just forgot. Even though I watched it recently. It's a movie you have to watch continuously to get all the ridiculousness yeah. out of it. Yeah. Um, in a world where it came out around the same time as Cocktail, where they're, they're, you know, Cocktail was, look how cool it is to be a bartender. It's not that cool. <laughs> and, and now Roadhouse is, <coughs> Dalton is the best bouncer in the world. He's a world-famous bouncer. bouncer. True. And he, uh, he charges $500 a day, $5,000 a month. <laughs> So it's five thousand dollars a month plus five hundred dollars a day. In nineteen eighty-seven, yeah, something like that. Yeah, eighty-eight, eighty-seven. <laughs> so quadruple that. Uh, the movie has tons of gratuitous violence, gratuitous nudity. Yeah. Sam Elliott's amazing. Yeah, Patrick Swayze's bouncer messiah uh, sensei. teacher yeah, sensei yeah. guy. He's, he's basically like the the splinter. Of... Yeah, but the funny thing is that you totally by Sam Elliott in this role. Yeah. Because, you know, he calls him, and of course he's working at a strip club, so they can just show a bunch of tits flashing on the course. screen. Yeah. <laughs> like and, you do. <laughs> yeah, you, which you should. And, I don't know, something about Sam Elliott just makes him so cool. Uh, yeah. He has a scene... It's I, the mustache. Yeah, and his voice. <laughs> I, he has a scene where he's dancing with Doc. I think she has a real name in the movie. I think it's like Natalie or something. But oh, yeah. her credit is Doc. Was she going to medical school or something? No, she's the doctor. Okay. And oh, so, right, yeah. so remember, Patrick Swayze carries his medical records around with him so they can see what's happened to him. And she says, do you want any anesthesia, uh, anesthesia whatever, pain medicine? Anesthetic, yeah. Yeah. Pain don't hurt. Great line. <laughs> pain don't hurt. Uh, I mean, I carry his three rules with me when I'm out working. Never underestimate your opponent. Take it outside. And be nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie is dumb. It's so awesome, though. Every, yeah. I love everything about that movie because it's so dumb. Yeah. You know, at the end, and I the love... the polar bear. <laughs> yeah. When the, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. When the fat guy is stopped by a polar bear, and they just murder... <laughs> the, like, the town folk murder the bad guy. Yeah. And they hide the guns, and the police rush in, and they say, What happened here? Well, I didn't see anything. And this dude <laughs> literally got shot by, like, five shotguns. And then they look at, you know, the lackey, and they look at him, and what happened here? Polar bear fell on me. It reminds me of the Monster Squad, where yes. uh, the, the mummy's in my room. Yeah. It's funny. And then at the end, for some reason, Patrick Swayze's totally naked, and so is his doctor, and they're, like, skinny dipping in the water. I don't know why. That's how it ends. Yeah. Yep. But they're also with, like, them ripping throats out, and... And I still love the part where he rips the dude's throat out and it terrifies Doc. And he drags that dude's dead body into the lake. And he says, Wesley, fuck you! <laughs> at the top of his lungs. That scene is so and, good. And then at the end, he's you know kicking the shit out of the bad guy. And he rears his arm back like he's going to rip his throat out. And the Doc comes rushing in and he stops. He's learned his lesson, guys. <laughs> he's not going to rip Don't any rip throats, throats out. out. <laughs> I fucking lesson, love this movie. Lesson number four. No throat ripping. I can't wait for the for the Roadhouse television show to happen someday. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I could I ever live Dalton up to the quality week. of. <laughs> with, I should just do uh, Roadhouse and Point Break like back to back one Fuck day. Fuck yes, 
Because that would be fun. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, so yeah, I freaking love Roadhouse. And the shouts to the lack are freaking amazing, by the way. Because they should, they should totally do Point Break! They should. Holy shit. Oh. So the first disc had the commentaries on it, and then I didn't even know this because for some reason it's not covered that much. The, the second disc of Roadhouse is like, a, there's a documentary. So there's a two-disc Blu-ray set. Oh, cool. And uh, they call it Shouts Select because you can either order it from Amazon or their website. Oh, okay. And now they're starting to do like really uh, limited runs on them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, which they do with Scream Factory stuff anyways, but it's, yeah. it's cool. I, I love the Shout Scream label. So yeah, I should pick it up. If you see it lying, getting, I, I would definitely get it if you're a fan of like 80s, cheesy, B action movies. If you're a fan of Roadhouse. If you're, hey, you, you can just be a fan yeah. of action movies and love Roadhouse. Yeah, right. Isn't their next Shout Select, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? It is. And the Bogus it's Journey? Called, yeah, combined. And if you pre-order it from their website, you get like or, an action figure. You get a Rufus doll. Yeah, in a phone huh. booth. Uh, they're doing the same thing with Child's Play. If you pre-order it from Scream Factory, you get a little Chucky and a uh, Good Guys package. Nice cool. with the with the DV uh, the, the Blu-ray. So it, it's cool. If you and if you order from their website, look at me just pimp them out. If you order from their website, you get their stuff three weeks early. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, cool. I would order it from them, but uh, they still charge you for shipping. So yeah, the only one I did order early was Army of Darkness, but I'll wait. Yeah, for Amazon because it's usually like ten bucks cheaper, and I don't pay for shipping yeah so. for sure uh and the last thing i watched uh part of trademark going out of business is the, the, they have blu-rays that are cheap and i saw this one blu-ray it's called stage fright and it's a slasher film slash musical awesome and, yeah so i i was like why the fuck not uh you know it was six bucks and it's actually pretty good it's uh it's a canadian production uh meatloaf is like the big uh, famous person in okay. he, he plays this camp uh, I guess camp counselor counselor yeah. like charge guy chief calf champ camp counselor manager, for, manager. Ma- there we go for it, he, and it's a it's a camp in Canada where kids go and they they're gifted they sing and dance and they put on a show and so the show they they're putting on is a haunting of the opera which is a take of the phantom of the opera and while they're doing this there's actually a slasher guy murdering everybody in it. Awesome. And it has actually pretty catchy songs and it's shot really well. It's shot by a guy. I listened to the commentary. He's a really big uh, musical theater guy. And so he wrote all the songs. He, uh, they performed them. So when the lead actress does the singing, it's more a traditional musical. When the killer does it, it's like metal rock. And uh, so meatloaf has a few too, that are kind of a mix of like eighties kind of metal rock. Uh, so, but it is a traditional musical where it is like the music's not all built into the play in the movie. Yeah, it's a traditional musical. I mean, when they introduce all the kids, it's they're in a cafeteria and they're singing yeah. why they're going to the school. Awesome, sounds Things great. Like, it's fun and it, it's it's super gory. It, it's it's cool. What year is this from? Two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah. This and, sounded like something that would have come out of straight out of, in 1985. I don't know when where you said meatloaf, I immediately thought, oh, this movie's twenty years old. I mean, I don't know how I missed it. The What's going on in my house? Uh, you have a two-year-old. Uh, that's not like my wife broke something. Um, the original poster's badass. It's one of those smiley faces that you see in theaters, and it has like a knife going through it. Okay. Uh, the Blu-ray cover art's meh. But uh, yeah, I would recommend it if you're a fan of musicals and or slasher films because, uh, I mean, Minnie Driver's in it for a second, and she dies by taking a machete like right through her teeth. 
and they show it. I'm like, holy shit. Because, you know, when you wow. see it, I'm like, I don't know. It's not rated because it's, you know, like a direct-to-DVD kind of thing. Yeah. I guess it had a little theatrical release. I'm like, I don't know. But then I saw some of the effects. I'm like, holy shit, this is, like, hardcore. Like, people are getting butchered. And uh, the only one thing I will say sometimes that happens when you get first-time directors is they like to use, like, slow motion. And it drives me crazy in film at some points. Like, every time the killer is shown below the stage, it always starts off in slow motion. But in not like a cool slow motion. I don't know how yeah. to describe it. It's like the zombies in Resident Evil 2. Then the, Every time the zombies are on screen, it's like that blurry kind of slow motion. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Roadhouse. Fred? Uh, well, I missed the show before last week's show. So And of Son course of we did bitch. Film Explosion after that. So I've got oh. like two weeks of shit to burn through. So let's just... Uh, I'll touch on each of them really quickly and then we'll move on. Cool. Um, so at the EFP talks, uh, a local film called Hush Money screened, and it's about this, uh, guy who's down on his luck and he, uh, gets a, a, a job to kidnap this girl and hold her hostage and then like demand ransom money. And then, uh, it doesn't quite go as planned. And, uh, a lot of the movie is him just kind of stuck in this house talking to this girl who's i don't know maybe 10 years old so yeah oh just in time to ruin my segment oh oh push off <laughs> he he's he's fine he's just here to get the he didn't he didn't forget about the twinkie uh he's back for the twinkie yeah he will not rest until he gets the twinkie uh anyway so <laughs> it, so was it good uh i think i saw a trailer for this or something like i, I had heard about this before yeah it's it's good for a, a local denver low budget film sure uh it takes a weird turn in the middle when this the girl runs escapes from the house and then goes to another house you know for safety yeah and then uh, her kidnapper um you're sort of sympathetic towards his situation like he he's not out to hurt the girl he just wants the money to okay solve this debt that he's uh uh you know he's uh like, this is his last chance with. Yeah. And he, she gets to this house, and then uh, the old lady there insists that they come inside, and uh, she drugs the kidnapper, and then when he wakes up, uh, he finds out that uh, the old lady and I think her son have been kidnapping uh, kids and draining their blood to okay. give to their own kid Weird. who needs a transfusion. Um, so yeah, yeah, like, and then, uh, like once the kid ever wakes up and like thwarts that whole business, um, you know, they escape and, uh, then it kind of goes back into the movie that it was. And I almost kind of wish like if they're going to go with that scene, if they just went darker and darker, it took more weird turns than that. Yeah. But it's, it seems like this weird deviation just to pad out the length of the film, like just sitting in a house with the girl and like trying to get the money wasn't enough. Yeah. So other than that, yeah, it was, it was that was pretty good. Cool. And then um, let me get my screen back. Do you know are they gonna release it online or anything? Uh, yeah, they're working where's on. Where's their summer release? So people can see it. Uh, I think they're trying to do some other theatrical, uh, local theatrical releases. Cool. But um, it's mostly gonna, they're gonna negotiate for on demand stuff. Oh, okay, cool. And Netflix releases. So, Hush okay. Money. Yeah, if if you ever see it on any streaming service, check it out. Cool. Um, I went to the Star Trek Six dinner feast at the alamo oh awesome and uh that was fun except uh they advertised that like the main course is gonna be like blue spaghetti yeah and uh you know the 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 chef 
comes out beginning of the show, talks about how much he loves Star Trek Six, and uh, uh, the, the, the amazing feast he has prepared. Like he studied like all the frames of the movie to pick out like especially that uh, the the uh, where the Klingons sit down for dinner. Like he studied like all the frames to figure out like what can I actually make for you to eat and yeah. they, they, like he champions the blue food yeah and then start things start coming out a little later than the scenes he claims they're going to come out for yeah and then finally the uh this this kind of a pho dish comes out which sure. is the and it's not blue like i look at it in the dark and it's like this just seemed and i hold it under the light on the table I'm like yeah it's not blue <laughs> so it's almost like they gate like they're running behind they were like forget dying everything just put the food out yeah because uh also they're like the dessert was this um Ice cream, like caramel ice cream sandwich. They says like it'll be out by the time they're on Ruripente, and like Ruripente was almost done by the time that thing came out, and it was rock solid. Oh, like yeah? everyone in the theater is like trying to chip away with their spoons. It's just like you're just hitting, you're just oh. hearing like so ceramic you hear clanks, clinks and clanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like pink, pink, pink. Like yeah, it was. He he tried to get pretty pretty crazy with it, and some of it maybe didn't work. Yeah, um, like like they made the ice cream last night, threw it in the freezer, and then didn't bring it out soon enough to thaw. So, oh, um, well, that's too bad. Barely ate any of that um, oh. at the end, so that was kind of a bummer. But uh, it was cool to see that movie in the theater. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, I didn't get to I didn't get to talk about Don't Breathe the week you guys saw it. And uh, I, how'd you feel about it? I enjoyed it with two problems. Okay. Um, it's hard for me to root for a bunch of little fucking thieves. Sure. <laughs> like fair. It is hard. Yes. Yeah. Like, there's no characters to really be, like. You just kind of like, okay, I'll I'll side with the the girl, I guess, because um, they're in the like the most dangerous situation. But um, yeah. Like early on, I'm like, yeah, the blind man should kick their ass, right, and uh, punish them, and especially then, uh, money. Yes, money, yes, yeah, yeah, money. Yeah, money. I was like, yeah. good, gone, yeah. right, yo, uh, for sure. But uh, but I was like, I, I, yeah, I don't care about if they survive this because they're a bunch of fucking thieves. <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, what was the other thing? Uh, uh, did it have to do with a turkey baster? <laughs> no, I was fine with that. I was actually. I, I listened oh, to your. You're fine with that. You're fine with that. People in Detroit stealing because their parents are abusive and terrible, and their only option is to hook her. That's uh, that's that's terrible. But raping people with a turkey baster, meh. Well, I just felt like I'm it. Just, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> no, I thought it was good because like I felt it needed something to set itself apart in some way. Yeah. And then like a... well, and and because like what you just said, like in order to make you kind of feel okay with these people like robbing and maybe eventually killing this guy, like he needs to be the devil. Yeah. Um, which makes um, sense for sure, and I guess I'm frustrated by the end of uh, yeah, like it, it's trying to set up a sequel, and oh, you felt like it was trying to set up a sequel? Well, yeah, because he survives. Like he shouldn't have, like they go out of their way to like make it look like oh yeah he's dead, and then they do the typical horror thing. Like after doing a lot of things that are un- unconventional, yeah, and then the ending resorts to like yeah, like, oh. oh the killer's still out there, b- bullshit. What doesn't he go to jail? No, he goes to the hospital. Or... No, he goes to the hospital. Remember he's. Considered a oh. hero because 
he survived a vicious attack. That's right. Yeah. I think I blacked out because I, I had checked out of the movie once the turkey baster happened. So <laughs> you're right. Okay, yeah. Um, and I don't know if, like, did she return to just Because I couldn't figure out where the arrivals and departures no, were. No, she was leaving go to L.A. Oh, no, remember? she had the movie to go wherever she wanted to go. Right, but, like, they did this one shot of, like, the arrivals and departures arrows, and then I couldn't tell if, like, she was going back to Detroit or, like, immediately rushing to L.A. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't know... Like, that, I can tell you that airport wasn't the Detroit airport, so it may be that she <laughs> was, was arriving in L.A. Yeah, or was she already in L.A. watching the uh, movie? No, no I just I just she told was boarding you boarding a train to leave. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think that the arrival departure thing is a red herring. Maybe it was for you. Don't um, breathe. Sounds well, my complicated. thought was like <laughs> it's not complicated. It just, it just fucks everything. <laughs> she up. knows she won't be safe as long as he's out there. So did she? Stop going, like stop running away, and for the no, sequel, I, she's going to go back and try I, to stop this guy. No, I, no, 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 no. I think she's she's learning at that point because she is on her way to L.A. or wherever it is she wants to take her and her sister daughter, and um, I think that that is that scene is her realizing that he that what she thought she was going to do, which is get him in trouble for locking a woman in his basement and raping them with a turkey baster, like didn't happen and that he ends up looking really good because of the dumb decisions that she has made. And um, also, how did he, like, clean up all that shit? Like, he was injured from the fall and then well, the cops were already there and they pulled his ass out of the basement and yet yeah. they didn't find evidence of any of the other bodies. Um, well, no, because yeah. on the newscast they said he killed them to save himself. Right. So yeah, the like reason the, the bodies are there is because they were attacking him and he fell down. Yeah, the the framing of everything you just said of the fact that she is there to rob them or to rob this guy gives him like this somehow culpable like I you know excuse for hey these people broke into my house and I'm blind so like I I defended myself and ended up killing them. The thing I I'm unsure about is like did the cops go into his basement and find the crazy rape dungeon? I feel like they um, would have had to. Like, how right, they... yeah. Um, but it, so I guess if he was able to clean that up... Somehow, There's no time. Like uh, He was yeah, already on the floor as the cops works. Were... <laughs> yeah, yes, in please. In cop world. Okay. Uh, if, so... No. And so <laughs> when... Um, let's say there's a crime committed in somebody's house, and you say, oh, yeah, I killed this person here and here. They have to get a search warrant. You, you have to get a search warrant. To search specific areas. So if they hadn't had no reason for it to go in the basement, then they wouldn't put that in a search warrant. Uh, but there's a dead body in the basement. Oh, no, he moves the he yeah, moves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, he right. could also just shut the thing and says, no, he came in here, I shot him by the front door, and I shot him yeah. over there. Also, but don't go in my creepy right but uh, dungeon. I mean, uh, when did he get the gun back to shoot the guy by the door? Like, last time I checked, he lost it on the shelf in the workroom... And then he stabbed that guy with the shears and then went away. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's blind. I, I can't remember. So there was no scene of him, like, feeling around on the desk to grab that, uh, what, huge yeah. magnum gun? I don't know. It was underneath. He grabbed the gun underneath his bed. No, yeah, that was earlier. He, he, at that point, has lost the gun for a second. And then he does, he gets it back, which, if I didn't have the problems with the movie that I have, I would totally let that go and be like, because it's cool. Because we need to, we need that character to, to die. Again. Yeah, like it, it's important because we need that character to die so that she has her moment of of realization where she's like, "Oh shit, I got all my friends killed because I'm dumb. Um, this was this was a bad idea, and he was totally right, and I should never have hung out with money." Yeah. Oh, ah. And that basement scene is cool. Like when uh yeah, like everyone's pupils are super dilated and yeah, 
Um, I thought that was a cool trick. And how many bullets were in that gun? Because holy shit. Mine holds 17. Like, it looked like a revolver, but yeah. <laughs> how many shots did you fire off? Like, 30? <laughs> I can't remember. Um, yeah. I do remember having a moment. It's an ever-sharp like, gun. It's unlimited bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For convenience, unlimited bullets. <laughs> you just don't get anything you want. I anyway. know. Life's hard. Yep. He hasn't um, taken a nap today, and he's... Yeah. So I went to uh, Scott Pilgrim at the Mayan. They had a cool live bass battle. Um, oh, I hear that's always amazing. <laughs> they, uh, the two bassists admitted that they were not great ahead of time. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of uh, bass live, so sure. it, it seemed fine to me. Um, I also saw Deadpool at Red Rocks, and that was a lot of fun. Still good? Uh, cold and rainy, but fun. How uh, was the audience? Was the audience shitty? Uh, the audience was fine like they didn't have any problems like you like when you did but yeah. there was this one guy who showed up like five minutes in the movie with his girlfriend and sat like right in front of us yeah and uh they were like that obnoxious couple where the guy will ask you to just roll with her obnoxiousness so that he can have a good evening so like she was talking about him being terrible it, it was he like apologizing for her not apologizing, but just, just being that, like, alpha male way of, like, dude, it's fine. Dude, it's fine. Mm. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. So that was annoying. And he'd, like, try to bro up with you. Like, you know, hey, man, what's up? And, like, give you a high five and mm. stuff. And uh, I was like, oh, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And th- nothing excuses your girlfriend from being an obnoxious asshole. Yep. Um, but uh, much more fun was uh, Star Wars at Red Rocks. The Force Awakens. Which, oh, cool! Uh, we were in like the second row, and it's just like, even though it was stereo sound, it was amazing. Like, yeah, it was so much fun, and like everyone cheered at like all your favorite best moments. Yeah. Well, I think is I think Star Wars fans are. I never. I've always said this. I never mind people cheering and having fun in movies. For sure. Yeah. I don't like when you're obnoxious in movies. Yeah. Like if I went to Deadpool and someone's like, you know, when Deadpool does that jump, turn and shoots people through the head, and people are like, oh. Like I don't care right, about yeah. that stuff, but when something happens on screen and they go, Psst. yeah, 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 shut the <laughs> unless unless you're blind. I've always said that <laughs> one of the best experiences I've ever had in the theater was seeing Pulp Fiction at, at, at midnight at the Esquire, um, because you were in this audience of people who've all seen the movie a, a, a thousand times, and um, and they're all like laughing and cheering sometimes like inappropriately because they're doing it. Like for example, when the when the golden watch scene ha- starts, mm-hmm. people laughed when the, like when it starts, and then they don't laugh when the jokes happen because they're just laughing because they're excited because they're like, "Hey, this is about to happen," you know. Um, which, but it's fine because you get like this communal experience that yeah. we're all in this together. Uh, you know, I, I always used to worry about that with Army of Darkness and stuff, but people yeah. really appreciate that film, so I don't have issues with people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's it's. Uh, th- Unfortunately for Deadpool, it appeals to the audience. It appeals to I Deadpool fans. <laughs> yeah. The Rob Liefeld guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I figured it was going to be a lot of really high kids who are like, you know, halfway checked out and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I mean, there's, I'm glad it wasn't. Yeah, it was just pe- people laughing where you'd expect in Deadpool at least. And then yeah, that's great. Star Wars, you know, lame, the Millennium Falcon gets revealed. Huge cheers. Harrison Ford shows up on screen. Cheers. I mean, because that'd be cool because it wasn't, I think, 8,500 people can... 6,500? 6,500 at Red Rocks? Yeah. I don't remember. It was, it was packed. Like, oh, there were squishy sure. people in. Um, That's cool. Yeah, when Ray pulls, gets the lightsaber. 
Oh, I still I like cry when that happens because yeah. I'm such a movie weirdo dork. Yeah, no, like, I, I got gotcha. you. When it flies yeah. by him and she grabs, and there's like little tear that literally wells up in my eye every time. Mm. Yep, yep. And uh, my wife just gave me a look like I'm a goofball, a <laughs> <laughs> or a little bitch is what my wife said. I just thought of a interesting idea because you were talking about a blind guy in a movie theater and the whispering for like this is what's happening, like they, they mm. describe thing. What if a blind guy went to go see Don't Breathe? <laughs> He'd be very confused. <laughs> Why am I, I will here? tell you that. You, you, this sounds like torture. <laughs> you've heard the story of when that happened to us, right? The first time we went to the, to the Alamo, oh, yeah. we went to see Ghostbusters, and the whole thing, and we're so excited, like, oh my gosh, we're getting to see a movie at an Alamo, like, this is this, is, this dream come true, and this is where we're going to come see movies all the time. And, uh, and it's Ghostbusters, so there's there's like a little bit of noise, and and it's also it was pre-screening. They hadn't really opened up yet. They were like training all the all the waiters Servers and that kind of stuff. stuff yeah, like yeah. I think the food was free or something like that. Or like the showing box or free. something. Yeah. yeah, it was like the food was cheap and the and the and the showing was free. Um, so I wasn't going to complain too much, uh, but I was really disappointed because there was somebody behind us who kept like whispering, and you just not real loud, just that like you know that sound. So after the movie's over. I'm a little bit angry, um, but I'm like, you know, okay, like, A, it's Ghostbusters, like, this isn't a brand new movie, like, people are going to have their fun, but I turn around, oh, I, I turn around and I see one of the people who was behind us, and when we're in the lobby later, uh, we're standing around and I see that person again, and they're walking with a blind person, and I just, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, oh, shit, they were, because it wasn't a, it wasn't a modern movie, so it wasn't like they could get the closed cat like, they couldn't go see it with closed caption, so <laughs> their friend was describing the events of the movie to them, oh, and I was God. like, oh, shit, I am I'm the asshole, because <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there like this motherfucker behind me, oh, God, I'm gonna if I get, I'm gonna punch him, I'm just, and gonna, he was, I'm just gonna take a whole bowl of popcorn and throw it at him, and he was really doing, like, a civil service, like helping yeah, a blind person understand right. Ghostbusters. At least yeah. they didn't see you when you were looking back and glaring at them. I don't oh, think I, I don't think I, oh, that that took a second. I didn't get it. <laughs> Unless she whispered, like, "There's a douchebag in front of us," and he keeps looking. Ignore him. He's insensitive. He's an asshole. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then the last cool thing I did was uh, I went to the Adult Swim drive-in. What? Adult Swim held a. I guess preview screening of kind of the fall season of their shows. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Those ones they've got online that you can like vote for. I think so. I, don't, I haven't been online. Oh okay. Um, so it was for Adult Swim programming, right? Okay. At the eighty-eight drive-in, which is did, where I've been going and advertising. Did they show a show called like Bad Guys or something like that? Yeah. So okay. All right. So I'll yeah, tell I've, you. I've seen these. Yeah. So I, I forget the lin- I didn't write the net uh, names of them, but uh, it was like an hour and a half worth of stuff, and the first one was like. And they're all pretty stupid. <laughs> the I, first I, one yeah. was like this uh, This guy checks into this medical facility where they're going to go inside his dreams. And it it's actually pretty well animated. It's like the, the Scanner Darkly animation. Yeah. For everything that's not in... Rotoscope. The, rotoscoped. Yeah. For everything that's like in his head as they're like breaking down. I forget. What, he's, he has like this uh, confidence problem. So it's like all these flashbacks to his life in high school. And it's that's you know, it's just you know weird. And then the second one was this thing called Mops, where it was about this janitor in a school who's cleaning up uh, stuff in a typical day. But the whole episode is like on fast forward, so it's just people who like squeaked 
talking squeaky and fast, and then you're just watching everything move at you know three times the speed of everything else. And um, eventually, the, there's a food fight in the cafeteria, and then he like uh, fights the principal and becomes the principal. And it's you know that is unusual. Show what's the other one? Um, there's the one where the guy's like a superhero, and his hand talks to him, right? Like he's got a hand puppet or something like that. That wasn't in there. And he's like locked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't funny. Uh, bad guys, which is uh, that one was all right. Yeah, because tr- it feels like a rip off of of uh, Frisky Dingo. No, I was gonna say, well, yeah, Frisky Dingo and like uh, and the Venture Brothers when it's all about the monarch. Um, yeah, it's, but, yeah, it's a show. If it was just yeah, if the, if the he only focused on this super vil- villain and then his, I guess, lesser super villains. Um, but the 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 only cool part that I enjoyed about it was like because the three of the characters are voiced by uh, Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, and yeah. June Diane Raphael from Heads Get Made. So uh, well, and the other one, I think the the main villain is is um, Key. Uh, Keegan Michael Michael Key. Yeah, and he, like that villain was like super obnoxious, and he his whole plan is. He doesn't have a gold throne, so he's going to summon Rumpelstiltskin. So he has to kidnap right. a blonde woman, and then he puts her in the back of like a moving van. And then this cop shows up, and it turns out the cop is like dormantly Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. So when he sees straw on the ground, he's like, "I can't help myself. I must start spinning this into gold." Yeah. And he gets a gold throne, and the and then yeah. uh, the Paul Shear and Jason Manzukis, like Paul Shear is like this giant, like huge axe wielding villain or something. And then Jason Manzukis is some midget, like sidekick. Right. <laughs> yeah, I said midget. Um, and then they, they <laughs> you're in, so edgy. They infiltrate uh, like this white collar uh, cubicle office yeah. and take this job next to this guy named Mitchell. And they frame him to get him fired because they don't want to like have a cubicle with him. And then Mitchell ends up uh, taking a new job with the supervillain team. Yeah. Um, and that's where it ends. Yeah. So that I, that I was it, probably the best one yeah, of the it, group. It, it felt the most coherent, at least of the ones I saw. It sounds like you saw some different ones. Yeah. And there's like a couple like throwaway things that I've already forgotten to like pad out some of the. Yeah. Uh, but there was no like, oh yeah, you're, you're, uh, there was an episode of your pretty face is going to hell. Is that the one where like some people are wandering through a swamp? What? Some of them. So when you watch these online, like you can, you can vote up or down for them and if you just vote down which I did on a couple of them it just stops and moves on to the next one so like some of them I only saw like little snippets of these episodes and I'm watching and I'm like this is fucking stupid yeah um, I, it said this like, is the premiere of season 4 so oh okay so oh yeah your preface will go to hell is that's what yeah, your yeah. Is oh it's already hell. a show yeah. oh okay. it's got Dana Snyder in it who voiced Master Shake but it's 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 like this committee in hell and they decide like they're they're doing these uh, straight out of Compton music videos like Weird Al, but okay. it's like for all the stupidest like even for every letter of the alphabet they have like a parody, uh, like straight out of B, straight out of D, uh, and they're I don't know why they're trying to make these music videos and then like, um, like when you get punished you get sent to another department of like things to do in hell. <laughs> it's and everyone's like wearing horns and like shitty devil makeup, okay, but they're wearing like polos and things. Um, and then last thing was an episode of the Eric Andre show, which is fucking weird. Um, you know, guests just show up and then he's like, you know, he's, he'll smash his desk apart and there'll be a bathtub in there and they'll strip naked and like sit in the bathtub and, um, you know, some like flavor flaves just watching him like what the fuck's going on. Weird. Uh, Hannibal Burris is off to the side, just like making weird faces um, saying like, oh, this show sucks. 
Um, it's bizarre. So okay, uh, and it was like more of a, the whole experience was more of a social experiment because they told you to show up at five, and I showed up at four thirty, and they said like, well, we're still gonna make everyone be here at five, so go park over here at this other lot, the Mile High Flea Market mar- lot, Weird. and then you're gonna get checked in and then led over to the drive-in. So I showed up early and then like parked. The only spaces open were at the kind of the end of the lot, even though I was there early. And then five o'clock rolled around and they said they were going to come by and tell everyone like, okay, now move into the line. But all of a sudden five o'clock hits and all of a sudden these cars, no one's come to my car yet. There's just a line forms and no one's like letting people who are like stuck, who have already parked. Yeah. So if you showed up at five, you were better off. Like if you got there on time, yeah. like you just moved right into the line. But if you showed up early, you, like you were stuck in this parking lot waiting for people to like let you in huh. to get in the line. Um, that sounds dumb. Like people were bumper to bumper, like "fuck you, you're not getting in." Yeah. I'm getting in. Um, and then I you go, went. I gotta see my dumb Hustle <laughs> Toy shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so finally, if you were lucky enough to get into line, you were led over to another section of the parking lot where they relined you up, opened your trunk, checked all your shit, made sure. Like I had a glass bottle that they confiscated because they didn't want glass. Um, what the hell? I had a prop from Thunderbolt in there they thought was glass. I was like, nope, it's plastic. I had to prove that. Um, they passed out, like, some swag. So, a lot of people got, like, Adult Swim posters. Uh, I got a coffee mug from Your Pretty Face Goes to Hell. Um, and then you uh, had to, like, sign in with your QR code. Like, they came by with iPads, checked your QR code. And so this whole process took about an hour and a half. Holy In the parking lot. Yeah. And then, uh, like, they did waves, like, a, you know, 20 cars would go and then they'd move another section of the car. Like they let more people in to fill in that spot. And then they would wave the next section, which was me over. And then, uh, they lined you up based on the traditional thing of like, if you have an SUV, you get a blue post. If you have a gigantic truck, you get an orange post. And then that was like an hour of waiting around for this thing to start. And they had food trucks, which was fine. Uh, and some like games to do, but, uh, so that was like three hours to just get to the hour and a half of programming, uh, which was pretty like, this does not speak to me. Like I am a yeah. generation of adult swim before this. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't get the appeal of all this. Um, I, I would have left hours ago. Yeah. Like, at one point when I was back at the lot, I was like, why am I even here? Oh like, yeah. It's going to be terrible. I don't think I ever told the story about when Zach and I went to go see Kuba and the Two Strings like four days before it released for free. Oh, yeah. And we literally, <laughs> I got into the theater. The, they had, the whole experience was pretty fucked up. Uh, they had like blocked off a huge section of the theater for like reserved or whatever. So people were only sitting in the front section and the far back section. And by the time we finally got in there, like the only seats available were on like one of the far sides. And I looked at Zach and I was like, I'm not fucking doing this. And we left. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even though I couldn't watch that movie free, I was like, no, like this is a bad experience. I'm not participating. And I went home and I, I went and saw it that weekend. We, we, we went and saw the nice guys and we ended up staying and sitting in those seats that you and I were about to sit in. Yeah. Same thing. It's an uncomfortable experience. I'm never fucking doing that. They've like, done it's for, that. It's for godless heathens. Those sheet seats shouldn't exist. Like it's, it's a terrible experience. Those middle Don't seats, like they that. like sell out to like radio stations as giveaways or people who, yeah, uh, no, it's a it's an awful experience. And if if they do that, like now that I know that they do that, guess what? I'm never going to those showings again. Like I I will go to the cool Alamo ones where I can get whatever seat that I want and I get a, a better experience. Um, but it's not worth it to go see something early if I'm going to have the whole experience ruined for me. Um, and you're going to treat me like some 
you know, the secondhand citizen. Like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just terrible. I mean, I can't complain too much because it was free. But I can't, no, I can. I can. <laughs> I can absolutely can complain because it's free. Um, um, but it just, I felt like, you know, at one point, like, there's a lot of, like, there's a better way to do this. I don't know why they're yeah. doing it. Is this a trick? <laughs> right. Is this, this is, just a test? Everybody running was actually like a, a like a sociologist, you know, or psychologist or something, like measuring to see like who's going to leave, who's going to kill themselves, like how how far can we push these people? Yeah, yeah, crazy. But it, yeah, it was interesting. And then um, the last things is I. <laughs> uh, going to drown him? It's okay. Not not everyone <laughs> at home. <laughs> I think so. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, 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 I watched season three of The Blacklist, which I was kind of, I'd kind of written off after season two. Yeah, because but the, you kept watching. Well, I was like, I'll give it a chance. Uh, sure. I didn't like how they kind of made the lead female character, like they kind of took her out of the field, made her just do typical women's storylines. Whoa, no. Sexist. Well, season three starts out. She's kind of uh, explain, explain to me what a women's storyline is. Uh, season three, like I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, she she's, she's planning a wedding and she's excited to have a baby. Oh, like shit. this used to be right. field oh, Okay, all right, all right, all right. Now I get it. Yeah, I yeah. Get it. <laughs> like this, this was a character that was like in the field, and like now I'm more <laughs> interested. Like I'm only interested in what Red Reddington's up to. Yeah, and even his. Uh, the rest of the the FBI team has more interesting stuff going on. See, and people complained in Alias season five when like she got pregnant and was still out in the field. No, that's how I want it. I want her pregnant and doing cool stuff. Um, do you want anything spoiled? Because I don't give a shit. I stopped watching that. Okay, show. so I'm sitting there going like, why is this? Why is this character still on here? They should get rid of her. Did they? Yep. Wow. <laughs> so the main character of the show. Is now gone. Well, I, I'd say Red Reddington's the main character, but she's a very important part of the story. Yeah, so I would disagree in that part. Like, I mean, I haven't said anything in like 20 minutes, yeah. but um, Red Reddington is the stupidest character name I've ever fucking heard it, in my It life. is really bad. Well, it's Raymond it, Reddington. Yeah, that's, that's like... I don't care. That's still stupid. <laughs> um, that's like Green Greenberg. Uh, I'm gonna st- now. I'm gonna write a TV show called Green, Green Greenberg, Greenberg, starring Ryan Frost as Green Greenberg. I will not take that part. <laughs> was it was it Ben Stiller in a movie called Green Greenberg? Greenberg. Um, uh, the <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's totally the the main character of that show. I mean, that would be that would be like if you made Alias and you got rid of Sidney Bristow and made uh, what's his face the guy in charge of SD Six the main character. Like that's that that. That's a supporting character. Like, that's who Red is. He's a great supporting character who's interesting, but he's not a character. He's this, like, weird, you know, cipher thing that just causes shit to happen to the story. Um, like, that's bad writing. If they, if they failed the character, that's on them. It's not like... God, I'm so glad I don't watch that show anymore. That's so frustrating. That smile should... on your face is just hilarious. I know, he won't let me finish my thought. I know. Like, I'm, I was going to explain something, but he's okay, just going to let me roll with it. Go ahead, whatever. Uh, so, Unless a lot of the com- season is, like, a lot of stuff happens with her still in it. It's kind of towards the end that they take her out of this situation, but yeah. they still do a really damn good job of making me want to watch the next season, because what happens at the end is so, like, frustrating and mind-boggling. Uh, the word is manipulative. Yes. Um, there's already the problem of the show of that, like, everyone has limitless resources. They're yeah. anywhere they need to be at any time. But um, at the end of the day, like, their cliffhangers are so compelling. Um, 
I'm like, I'm I'm bored. I want to know what happens season season four. And her dying is actually pretty important. I, I I bet it is. She's the main character. Yeah. If you killed Jack and Law, you know what happened when they killed Jack and Law? Spoilers. The show fucking ended. Like I was sitting there going like. <laughs> Or did he die in the first episode? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Watch the damn show. Yeah. I should also say, like, as, as I was watching the Blacklist this season, I was thinking, like, this is pretty much 24, but if there was no ticking clock and anyone getting where they needed to at any time. it's. I mean, the show, season one, was Alias. It was, it was a shitty version of Alias. Like, they were trying to build a lot of that same stuff. They did the same, like... Maybe my boyfriend is a spy. Maybe he's not. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing, too. Like, is people like... keeping secrets from each other in a romance. Like, that's all the same shit. They just did a bad job of it. And then the last thing is I watched one episode of Stranger Things, and I don't know what the big deal is. Because you only watched one. So, um, cool. <laughs> all right. I, uh, is Brad's podcast over? Fucking <laughs> Just kidding. It was so, awesome. Uh, oh, okay. Stop great. interrupting me. <laughs> you can't let me just get... It's one sentence, and it's on to you. Yeah. Was it good? That's why it took so long. So you you only watched one episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were done too, though, Brad. So I did too. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you guys uh, are the best. I also wouldn't put it past you to watch an amazing show and be like, oh, I don't get it. I was holding off for so long because like, I wanted to pay attention to it because it I heard it was so great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I finally had enough time to watch one episode. And I'm like, I'm surprised you. Uh, well, what are there? there? Wait, what, do you, you, what do you like about Stranger Things, Brad? Uh, like right away, like the first couple scenes, there's like so many homages to eighties, the coolest eighties films. Yeah, uh, Spielberg stuff, and then um, it doesn't stop. I mean, and when they do it, it's all like character driven. Yeah, the whole first episode, there's it's just all like uh, set up. Like I don't know what's going on. I need to watch episode two. <sighs> yeah, you do. Like other than there's an abduction and there's a monster on the loose. I think strange things are going on. Yeah, I was like, I wonder, I want to know where these threads are going. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for you to finish it. I want to yeah. be on a movie poster so bad. Yeah, by saying stuff like it's an adrenaline rush. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, just been revoked. <laughs> cool. So anyway, that was two weeks worth of stuff. Yeah, so it was a lot. Hopefully, that'll never happen again. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, so I also saw Sully. Um, I think that movie is is kind of. Uh, passionless um basically it's the 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 momentum is all screwed up it's not very well edited and they try to tell a really cool story um wait like they, back up a clint eastwood movie's not well edited yeah or, and so uh whoa the, no wait a minute <laughs> no, no, no 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 uh and the um they 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 actually do a thing uh if you've ever seen uh, from the earth to the moon the first episode which is one of my favorite episodes of all time of television um which is a uh it's an episode about the Apollo 1 mission. Um, did you ever watch that? I think I will. I haven't. Okay. Anyway. Um, so the, uh, they do a similar thing where they, they, they take the event. They actually start after the event has happened. And they're, they're trying to tell you the story about, you know, Sully not necessarily being like this witch hunt to figure out whether or not he did the right thing. Really putting a lot of doubt in his mind. And he's having these... He's having these dream- it, it starts off with a dream sequence where he fails. Um, spoilers a little bit for the first scene of the movie, but I think it's the, the one thing that for me and that I told you before this movie or before the recording uh, makes this movie worth seeing is actually the way that they I don't want to say prey on, but um, but but tell this story about like this capture, this guy's 9/11 it's, it's, fear. Yeah, it's trying um, to capture the anxiety of 9/11. Yeah. 
And so there's two main things to it. One, Sully keeps having these, like, he keeps rerunning the, the event in his mind in ways where he sees himself failing. And so you get this great emotional pull into the character, especially early on, where you realize, like, if he got it wrong, he's going to feel terrible. But the motivation for him doing what he did was he knew what the other outcomes were. And when you watch those outcomes happen, you're like, oh, shit. Like, the stakes do feel high there. The problem is just that then they, because of the way that they they edit in the, the actual events uh, in basically three different chunks out of order to sort of give you, like, pieces of the of the story until at the end they finally show you, like, here it is from the cockpit. Here's what he experienced and what he went through. Um, and it it's not the worst structure. It just feels, even at 90 minutes, like it feels a little bit flabby and it feels like it distracts you from that, that tension. There's specifically one part where they're building all this tension about this witch hunt and whether or not like people are going to just turn on Sully. And, um, and then they go and they basically tell the whole story of and it's a, it's a long sequence of people get after the plane has landed on the river, people getting off the river and jumping in the and you're you're like watching people jump in the water and start to swim away and then get saved by these divers and like all this stuff that is interesting, but what it actually does is completely rip all of the tension and momentum out of the film. And so when you get back to the witch hunt, you're like, "Oh, Right, I, I forgot, and so it, it just really, um, it ju- it just ends up being really clunky and 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 not it, not hitting you emotionally the way that it should. Those additional shots of the of the rescue do feel a little bit bloated, but yeah, at the same time, that's also where the only real heart of this movie lies. Yeah, because the rest of the heart well, is kind of, I think you the, you you investing yourself in Sully as a person. Right, but that's the thing they don't do well enough is like you have the, all these phone calls between him and his wife that are. Never a fraction as good as those equal scenes in Apollo 13, right? Like in Apollo 13, you have a similar thing of like him having this relationship with his with his wife and him going through this terrible experience and her being at home, and they never build enough of an emotional impact there either for me to be like, oh, like I need her to have a scene where she drops her wedding ring down the down the drain. Like I need there to be a character there as well, and she ends up just being this like this stand-in so that he can tell us what he feels by being on the phone. Um, which I just, it's, it's disappointing. I, I do think it's worth it because there are some really fantastic shots of like, um, it's today is nine 11 when we record this and we were talking about this beforehand. There's these amazing shots where you're watching the plane land on the river, but from across the city. And so you're seeing it from the point of view of people in some of the buildings and like the, the moments of horror on their faces. They don't know what's going on. Um, you also spend, I, I think this was really great was they they spent a lot of time with the, um, with the guy who's on the who's on the radio talking them down, basically, whose job it is to tell them what the right decision is to make and how to save the plane from crashing. Um, and that guy, a little bit of spoilers for Sully, but I think this is an amazing section of, like, at least an amazing scene and great character in the movie. Um, that guy goes... He he. When the, when the plane goes down in the river, everybody in the room knows that, like, if, if a plane goes down on water, it's a crash. And, like... Most likely, a lot of people aren't going to survive. There's even one guy who says, like, no one survives a water landing. Um, and so he gets, he gets issued up and led away because they've got to, like, drug test him and stuff. And we don't return to that guy for a while. And when we do, he's sitting in this room and a guy comes in and he's been in this room for hours and no one has told him that everybody's okay. And he thinks that he has 
like completely failed at his job. And it's it's a, it's an amazing little moment in this movie that it's just too bad that like the 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 com- the whole is not as good as the sum of its parts somehow. Um so I I think it's worth checking out. I I don't necessarily think you need to go to the theater for it. There's some really good stuff here. Um but it ends up landing itself in like a um like a Parkland or a Bobby or something like that where it's like it's telling you neat stories about real events. But it ends up being a little bit, even as good as some of the scenes are, like in Parkland, you've got that great doctor sequence. Mm. But the movie as a whole doesn't hit you as well as that one sequence mm. does. And, and so that's where this sort of lands for me. Um, ah, lands for me. Sorry. Anyway. No one's laughing. Uh, I know. Um, I also got to give him a thumbs up for encouragement. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going, James. We have other Here's things. Here's a gold to do. star, James. Um, I got a chance to watch the the first episode of Atlanta, which is the um, the new show uh, written and I don't know if he direct, he's he's the creator. I don't think he directed it, uh, but Don, Donald Glover from Community uh, is the main star. He also is is like the show creator. Um, it tells the story of Donald Glover is sort of this um, I don't know. I don't want to say he's a loser. He has things in his life that he cares about, but he's also really bad at things. Um, and, and a lot of people think he's a loser. Um, he has a, a friend, I think a cousin who, uh, is, uh, becoming like really popular on the streets as a rapper, um, called paper man, uh, or no paper boy. And he has a song called paper boy that everybody's listening to. And, uh, Donald Glover's character decides like, I want to be your manager and to try and prove that he wants to be his manager. The, uh, like he goes and, you know, does this stuff to, um, to, to basically get this guy's uh, song played on the radio and, and try to get into this because he's like, if I attach myself to this guy's coattails, like this guy's going to be the next 50 Cent or whatever, uh, this will make or break my life. And, but the, the show, the first episode is bookended by a fight um, in like a parking lot between, with the, the Paperboy rapper. Uh, Donald Glover is there and this other guy that we don't really know why they're all fighting. Um, and then in, you know, in the very first scene, you know that a gun is going to go off. Um, and then the episode ends. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a season long thing. And the episode ends, and all of a sudden we've jumped forward some, and you're hearing on the news like, okay, Paperboy and Donald Glover's character are both like in jail for, for like killing a guy, or they're like, they've been arrested, uh, you know, and that somebody has been shot. And so there's clearly going to be this mystery of like, okay, what really happened? And is he totally fucking up his life? And, you know, he's, he's clearly trying to break up the situation, but he gets drug into this, this bad thing. Right. Um, I, it's funny. I had a conversation with uh, a friend, Kendall from the Alamo draft house about this because she hadn't watched it yet, but she was really excited. And I was like, I, this is one of those things where I need other people to watch this and tell me sort of whether it's great. Um, because it's, it reminds me very much of when I watched girls the first time. Um, I think there's some really amazing stuff happening here, but for some reason, like it's not, it's not grabbing me, yet, quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's entirely possible that this is brilliant on the scale of like a Louis or something like that, where this is not that it's trying to be funny, but just like that this is the, a really honest television show about what poor black twenty-year-olds in Atlanta are going through and like what their life actually feels like right now, or. You know, whenever the show is set, though, it seems pretty present. Um, but it's hard. I think I, either I am emotionally too distant from that situation, or there's just so little 
in this first episode to really draw me in that I can't quite measure it yet. Um, I definitely think it's worth checking out. It's uh, FX put the first episode up for for free online, um, so you know I, I think it's pretty interesting and it's it's well written and, and well shot. Um, but uh, but I just don't know how I feel yet. Uh, but definitely pretty uh, pretty interesting. Uh, the third season of Halt and Catch Fire has started. The show is fucking good. Um, and then moving on to the last thing, I got a chance to go see uh, Hell or High Water, uh, which is. Written by uh, the guy who wrote Sicario, uh, or at least the screenplay is by the guy who wrote Sicario, um, and it stars um, uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, Pine and Ben Foster. Um, It's basically like a it's like a modern western. Um, Chris Pine and Ben Foster are uh, well. Ben Foster plays the older brother who has been in jail for being a bank thief. And Chris Pine, who has always been the, sh- the straight shooter, um, in order to keep their, their mother's land that they have recently found oil on, um, but in order to keep it from being repossessed by the bank, they need to steal a surprisingly small amount of money. Um, so they devised this plan to hit a number, on a number of banks um, for a, a specific reason that I don't want to spoil, uh, and only get the money in the drawers... Uh, and if they do like six or five or six of them, they'll have enough money to pay off the bank um, and and save their families and such. Um, Jeff Bridges is the uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones esque, somewhat racist or uh, um, like Western. Uh, he's a he's a Texas Ranger uh, who's going after them with his partner, and uh, it, it feels thematically it feels very similar to a to like 80% of a No Country for Old Men. It's definitely not as good. Um, but I think it is a really decent, cool Western um, where you're, you're rooting for the bank robbers, but you also know, again, very similar to No Country, you have these characters who keep telling them, like, you can't do this. Like, there are reasons why this isn't going to work. And so... Um, watching them go through these these sort of ethical questions and and how things end up resolving um, is is really pretty fascinating and I think there's a there's a final scene um, or a, a conversation late in the movie I should say uh, between Jeff Bridges and Chris Pine that is really well written and and leaves you some of that same feeling like the last scene of Sicario where you don't actually know what's right anymore. Um, and he draws, they both draw some attention to like really good motivations for why their characters did some stuff. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. The, the biggest thing though is you, you got to see this movie just cause I think Ben Foster is amazing. Uh, he steals pretty much every scene that he's in. Um, and, and in ways that are not always completely expected. Um, I, I think it's definitely worth checking out if you can go see it while it's still in the theater. Uh, it's it's worth your time. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that is everything that I have seen. Time, time to choose sides in this week's Blu-rays. <laughs> DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, Marvel's Captain America Civil War is coming out on Blu-ray I choose this week. Spider-Man. Uh, that's not a side. <laughs> uh, it is. Okay. <laughs> it's the winning side. <laughs> um, yeah, so everyone should go I will that. be at Best Buy as soon as it opens to make sure I get the badass deal book. You know, oh. is it awesome? Oh, it's man. like 
half a broken Captain America shield, the other half is a broken Iron Man mask. <sighs> it's pretty awesome. All right, I'll do that. You know what's weird about Best Buy last week is South Park season... Oh, yeah, I watched that too. <laughs> South Park season 11 <laughs> came out on Blu-ray, but they didn't get the DVD copy at Best Buy. Huh. Oh. So I had to go to Target and get the DVD version. Yeah, it's weird. Wait, you want the DVD copy? Yeah, because yeah. I've always... Oh, you you have all the DVDs, that, so it's like, why I mean, convert? South Park does look pretty good in HD, but... Yeah. I, yeah, no, I don't think it matters, yeah. Yeah. Because I um, do the same thing, because all mine are on DVD, too. Yeah, yeah it just so took me by surprise for a second, so I was confused. Sorry. But cool. yeah, I was, I was like, why Best Buy? Not even, you came in order online from Best Buy. Oh, like, weird. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Just the Blu-ray version. Bizarre. Best Buy's... They're, they're phasing out DVD. Best Buy's pretty shitty. Yeah. Yeah, I've been disappointed the last like five times I've gone there. I like them. They have that Captain America Civil War. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. get cool exclusive. Yeah. Like, and they have a Star thing. Trek Beyond <laughs> Steelbooks coming out. I know. Awesome. I do. Star Trek Beyond comes out next week. That's yeah. really oh, fast. I heard that's the one I was going to buy. A, uh, I was going to buy a 4K of that, um, but I, I ended up not. So it's weird. Uh, digital bits. They said it, they show it's coming out next week, but they also said like the release date's November. Like in a in a article. Weird. So maybe they messed up. That seems really fast for it to right? come out. Yeah. Well, or maybe they've pushed it back when maybe like at one point that was a recently release date, and then it was in theaters for a while, and they were like, "Well, yeah. maybe oh, we're just making you know, money." Yeah. Maybe we'll give the VOD a little more time. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Uh, Pop star never stop, never stopping is getting its Blu-ray release this week, which really I'm excited for because yeah. yeah, I never got a chance to see it, and I've I've heard no, just me, only me and Zach <laughs> have seen it. Yeah. I'm so humble. Every time yeah. I see that, I just laugh. Yeah, I'm uh, not gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> Connor for real. Uh, the Conjuring Two is getting its Blu-ray release this week. Great movie, awesome. Still uh, need to see it. Uh, oh, uh, see it. one other uh, kind of crummy thing about Best Buy is that sometimes I'm in Best Buy and I'll like accidentally trip and things will just like fall into my cart and accidentally get purchased. So be very careful if you go to Best Buy this week. Um, season nine of The Big Bang Theory is out. Make sure you don't accidentally buy it <laughs> um, because I wouldn't want anybody to to. Uh, you know, potentially support that thing. Uh, Longmire, the fourth season, is coming out this week. Uh, I think that's the first Netflix that's on season. For four seasons. Yeah, well, it got it got canceled and then moved over. So I think Netflix is making it now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my folks have been watching it for a while. So uh, Aliens is getting a 30th anniversary edition. I know nothing about this Blu-ray, so I'm not sure if it's good. Yeah, um, I think it's the same Blu-ray you get in the anthology, but it comes with like production art and everything. It's like oh. a cool little set. Oh, okay. It's only ten bucks. So cool. Uh, the original Years Mine and Ours with Lucille Ball is getting its uh, Blu-ray release, uh, as well as Transformers. What, what, what was that? Uh, Yours, Mine, and Ours. Um, oh. The Lucille Ball film. Um, Transformers the movie. That's the, the animated movie, not the amazing Michael Bay film. I used to always get scared film. when I was little when you saw like, Optimus Prime dead. Yeah. Oh, wait. Is that spoiler? No, that's <laughs> a pretty... That's right it's been the 30 years. I think it's okay. It's like right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I think that's part of Shout Select. That movie's older than I am. Just saying. Uh, the uh, the Wolfman Complete Legacy Collection, as well as the uh, oh oh shoot, I didn't have it. I must have closed the window accidentally. But uh, Frankenstein is also getting a, a Universal Monsters yeah. box set release. Yeah, yeah. but I, I was telling James before we started. So it's all the Wolfman and Frankenstein Universal catalog movies, which is cool. Except the sets overlap each other, so each set comes with you know Meet Frankenstein, Abba Costello. Both come with House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein. So you're really only getting like two or three movies. But I guess the good news is is I think it's only like thirty bucks for the set, which is pretty reasonable. But I don't like the I don't I'm not a, a fan of the cover art as much as I am of 
the Wolfman and Frankenstein cover art I have for my Blu-rays because it's the original theatrical posters. Right. And I love like the 30s style theatrical posters where it's like all pulpy and yeah. Yeah, that's that, yeah. These are kind those of weird are the ones looking. that I'd rather have. I, I want those sequels. I, I want. Yeah, them that's bad. what I mean. I want them. I, I, I'm really torn on it. Yeah. Maybe in person, the packaging looks better. You know, uh, they have the Ultimate Collection. I know it's a, it's, it's pricey, but yeah, the Ultimate. I have them all. It, the ultimate Collection is just the the core titles, just the prime films. Yeah, yeah. So I have, and the reason I didn't get the essential one. Uh, is because it comes in a package. I mean, it looks cool, but I, like I said, I like the poster mm-hmm. art, yeah. so I bought them all separately and probably paid another like forty bucks to get them right. separately. But... Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, similarly, the uh, the Hammer Horror Collection of like eight films is out this week, yeah. uh, which is funny when you scroll down. Like the very first review on Amazon is, "Hey, be careful! This isn't the Universal Monsters movies. This just <laughs> looks like it is from the cover, uh, especially since they're releasing it the same week." So Hammer's hit or miss with for me. Yeah. Some of their stuff's really good. Hammer's interesting. Like, I like their mummy <laughs> that, a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's I like a, their Dracula ones with Christopher Lee. Yeah. There is a Godzilla 1984 or Return of Godzilla Blu-ray release, so if you're a big fan. Uh, there's also some straight-to-DVD Bruce Willis movie called Marauders, uh, so maybe do that. I don't know. Uh, Ryan, can you explain to me... There's Okay, there's an Evil Dead 2 release this week? Yeah. What is this? I think this it's just a repackaging. Okay. But it's also got, like... It's got the shot of him with the shotgun from mm-hmm. Army of Darkness on the cover? Well, if you... When's the last or is that also Evil in, Dead 2? It's been a while. Is he, that, Evil does Dead he also 2, do that? he does, because oh, okay. uh, they say the hero from the sky... It's actually a really funny, like, quick joke in Evil Dead 2. The lady's reading, and she's like, uh, you know, the hero from the sky saved us, and... Uh, Bruce Campbell looks as Ash looks at says, "Wow, he didn't do a very good job." And it's him, yeah. So it's a little funny meta joke there. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just saw that cover, and it has it's been a while. Um, but uh, so I was I was confused. Um, it's not of, a it's not a terrible cover. I just don't, mm-hmm. I don't like it as much as the skull. No. Yeah. Speaking of Evil Dead, did you see they're going to release a extended edition? Extended know, edition of uh, their remake. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I guess Fede Alvarez accidentally said it. And now they're like, oh, yeah, it's coming out <laughs> in October. <laughs> He's probably been, like, trying to get him to do it for a while. He was like, fuck, well, if I say it in, like, a press well, joke at somewhere. I read an interview with him actually a couple weeks ago, and he said they accidentally released it on TV in the U.K. Oh, really? And he said he actually thinks his theatrical cut's better because it's leaner. And he said that's the cut he likes, but if someone wants to watch, you know, the director's cut, it, oh, okay. you know. No, I, I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Not, not every movie but, has a, like, an extended cut that's actually better. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, it's not, and he even says it's not really a director's cut because his director's cut is right. the he, he feels like one. he got the good, which makes sense because that, well, I mean, that theatrical cut is real good. And it's really hardcore. I mean, I don't yeah. Know. There is some shots, though. I mean, I, I do remember the trailer had some shots. Uh, there was a shot of Jane Levy's character leaving and walking on a road that's never in the movie. And it's oh, actually, yeah. remember the original poster was awesome where was it that? was like that kind of foggy, her walking away. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could totally see how there may be, um, there may be like good character moments that were cut out that were cut out to keep the tension really yeah, tight. I'm sure because that like, is. that's a really tense movie, but uh, Ryan, the, there is a uh, a Blu-ray copy of The Exotic Dances of Betty Page that you need to get for your wife. Oh, okay. Um, just as a heads up. She has this poster of Betty Page in our bedroom, and it like creeps me out. Really? Because it's supposed to be sexy, but it looks like she's just mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, interesting. But my wife loves, uh, James Page. knows, pinups and Betty yeah. Page. So. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm surprised. Like as she's gotten older, there's a lot less Betty Page in your house than there was in her like college dorm room. I know. Um, I know it's peppered with George's John T. original art and 
Rod Stewart picture I think, vinyl. I think somehow you won. Yeah. I think that's what that means. Of course I did. My wife's hot. Of course I won. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Uh, the uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie is getting a Blu-ray release this week. So there. Is it really? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, want to get it even that movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and before we get to the real good stuff, there is a... Um, uh, there's a, uh, a uh, adaptation of Wise Blood, which is a um, Flannery O'Connor novel that I did not know existed. Uh, that's a it's a John Huston film that yep. I am going to have to go purchase. Because uh, I seen Wise Blood. No, I I love Flannery O'Connor and uh, I've read Wise Blood. Um, but so you've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie. So yeah. is, it, is this new release a Criterion? No, no, no. It's just a it's a hey here's a Blu-ray. Because there is a criterion of it that you can get. Really? Um, oh, okay. I don't know if they ever put it out on Blu-ray, so maybe they lost the rights or have something. You, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I've is seen, it really I've good? I've seen every John Houston movie. Um, I need to read the book okay. to see what I'm missing from it. Sure. But I was a little lost. Okay. Maybe then I that's will, normal. <laughs> I will probably buy the straight to Blu-ray, or like this Blu-ray version, and not invest $30 in a criterion, then, well, unless no, I love it. Well, no. If you, if, I guess if you like this book, then you'll probably like the movie. But. I mean, I love... Like, Wise Blood is not my favorite Flannery O'Connor piece. Um, I really like her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. If the movie isn't a little wicked, I then I think they where the wild things are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, I didn't read that one either. How did it turn out? Right <laughs> uh, uh, Raising Cain is getting a Scream Factory release this week, uh, which I've never seen, Ryan. Yep. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. Lithgow's very good in it. Okay. He plays two characters. This cover or is does awesome. He? Uh, right, yeah. The cover is really cool. Spoilers. Um, like they they did a, a a good job of like, you know, it's it's not just like split down the middle mm-hmm. and like half evil half good. Like it's just this band, and I think I don't know. I think that's neat. Yeah, they uh, Screen Factory always does a good job on their collector's editions covers. Uh, speaking of which, I saved the best for last. Metal Storm: The Destruction of Jared Sin. Uh, in 3D is yes. getting its uh, its Scream Factory release this week. Um, it's high noon it, at the end of the universe. It's <laughs> so cool. <laughs> this is the most amazing cover, uh, certainly of this week, maybe of this month. Um, the, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe this. Uh, the guy's holding up like a crystal Iron Man skull, and he's got like a denim jacket on, and there's this sexy lady who's like grabbing at it. And over here, there's like him shooting a dude with a sword or some shit, and... There's also a crazy robot man with a crazy robot arm uh, and some spaceships, and then like this looming <laughs> figure in the background. Uh, you just go look up, just go look up Metal Storm: The Destruction of Jared Sin 3D. Uh, which I love that si- subtitle because it implies isn't like, Sin spelled S Y N? Yeah, yes, yeah. Sorry, I didn't point out the dumbness. Um, it, I, it implies either that there is going to be a sequel where we learn more about Jared Sin or that we should already be well-informed about Jared Sin <laughs> and excited to see his destruction. Um, it, yeah, it, this, is, this is terrible. Um, Those flowers are beautiful, honey. Did you grow them yourself? Oh, really? Oh, that's very nice. Right, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's coming. The cold, that is. Anyway, that's Blue Rise this week. Nice. Ah, uh, real news. It's real news. You know, I can let the cat out of the bag because it's been spoiled for our fans. We did a Blu-ray commentary with Zach Howard for Batman Superman. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we both so, watched that movie. Ultimate yeah. Edition? I, yeah, I got, Ultimate I've, Edition. I've officially seen the Ultimate Edition for the first time. And you'll um, have to see, I, I don't think any amount of... 
uh, we can't hype it. Yeah, redeeming qualities of that film would ever sway Zach in his opinion of it. Oh, no. So um, look forward to that soon. That commentary is really funny, though. Um, and, of course, um, the biggest news of the week is uh, we saw set photos with a shocker on Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I just want him to say, uh, is it a shock to your system? I'm a shock to your system. Oh, God. I will, I will die in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. It's I don't love the costume, but I also think it will probably look better on film. Yeah, well, like I, the set me, photos are not the best. To me, set the photos. the costume makes sense because it looks like he has like a, a torn off shirt. Oh, totally. But the, the, the selling point is the gauntlets. He has the yes, gauntlets, right? Well, and it's yellow and brown. The only reason why I'm critical is that I I have said before that I think it's one of the coolest <laughs> like superhero or villain costumes, or at least it's my fa- one of my favorites. Um, and they do a good job of like hinting at a lot of the aspects, mm. but it it's. The, like the mohawk looks weird, you know. Um, which, if you've never seen the Shocker, and I just told you that the mohawk of his costume looks weird, then you don't get what I'm saying. But uh, hopefully, on I, I'm sure that when you when we see it in the film, we'll be like, "Holy shit, he looks so cool!" I can't believe um, the Shocker is in a Spider-Man movie. I'm I'm ecstatic. This it, is it, like it, this really... is this is like my version of of Mysterio being played by Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's so weird because you know I'm such a huge Spider-Man fan. But yeah, they like haven't let like. Any details about this come out? Like they don't—they're pretty sure Michael Keaton's the Vulture, but they, they haven't yeah. said that he's the playing the Vulture in it yet. Just look—you've got him hanging on your wall. Look I how do. cool that costume is. I do. Oh shit! See, anyway. the padded quilt co- uh, costume yeah, keeps right. him so he doesn't feel the effects of his vibration gauntlets. Oh my god, this is so. Fun. So is the shocker being in this movie shocking to you guys? I hate you. <laughs> But um, yes, I never thought this would happen. You know, when I read the news, my computer literally trembled. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, when you, you, you were the one that brought it to my attention, and I, I got it on my phone, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I know. I thought... I thought like, I heard rumors about it. <laughs> oh, it I had, oh, I'm so glad you didn't tell me that you'd heard about that, because like... Uh, yeah, no. I yeah, was, they got a really I good actor to play him, too. I forget who... I can't remember his name off the top of my bed, but he's like a really big character actor. Awesome. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, other news, uh, man, is any of this, I, I chose all of this before, and I don't know that any of this is really news. I was into uh, the Shanghai Dawn. Yeah, I was going to say, like uh, Jackie Chan, years. yeah, Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson are coming back to do the Shanghai Dawn. He's directing new. it, too, it's a fun director. Uh, oh, I don't know, I didn't Click it open, because I, I remember someone who, whoever's making it, it's pretty fun. Directing's not fun, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's Jared Hess. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Totally uh, yeah. All right, great. That sounds fun. Um. Yeah, I really I love... I stand corrected. <laughs> Shanghai Noon is possibly my favorite uh, Jackie Chan movie. Um, just because like, he is so... It's not even because of the action. Uh, though I, I do think that some of the action in there, because he's, it's set in the past, mm-hmm. is really creative and cool. So uh, like him fighting American Indians is a great sequence. Um, or like when he's whipping stuff around with the, with the horseshoe. Oh, so cool. Anyway. I think the scene in Nights where he's... It's Charlie Chaplin-esque, I think is yes. amazing. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but That's a great I, reveal at the end of that movie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but Shanghai Noon is like the movie where I think he, for me, he delivers the best like emotional performance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, that sequence in the end where like he has that turn and he has to like turn his back on, on China uh, in order to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so good. Yep. Um, yeah. That makes me excited. Because I, I, I think him and Owen Wilson have great chemistry. Absolutely. And I'm always down for Jackie Chan fun movies. Yeah. Always. Yeah, because even though there's some really silly stuff like, not not quite Rush Hour 3 dumb, but there's some silly stuff in, in Shanghai Nights that I think yeah, makes but... it definitely lesser. Like, the two of them together is so fun that it's hard to like... It's hard yeah. to knock it, you know. 
it, it's just fun movies. And yeah. you know, every once in a while, you just need fun movies. Absolutely, yeah. Especially now that we're getting into the fall and everything's going to be so dour. Yeah. My hope is that they keep it as a Western. Because I think that is one of the things that... that not ruins, but that is not as cool about nights is like uh, them in this Western community thing to me was always really fun. Uh, so hopefully they'll take it back. But didn't they write in the article what the idea for the setting is? Yeah, but I, I uh, yeah, but I, a I didn't read it. B because I was in a hurry. Uh, but B I don't know. Like until the movie comes out, like remember when Steven Spielberg said there wouldn't be any CG? I'm just saying mm. I don't really trust anything until I see a trailer. Um, uh, Jeff Nichols, who I'm very quickly becoming a huge fan of, uh, is going to remake Alien Nation, which I've never watched. Have either of you guys seen Alien Nation? Mm, I've, seen, I've seen it. I haven't, like, yeah, right. invested like, in it. You've been, you've been like, hey, there's Alien, Alien Nation, Nation over yeah. there. Yeah, Some guys in weird heads. Yeah. Um, it honestly makes me want to go watch that, the, 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 the original movie. I don't give a shit about the TV show. Um, just because, like, whatever that guy's going to work on, um, especially from what I'm hearing about Loving before its, before it's release... I'm pretty excited about it. Who, who is he? Oh, uh, Jeff Nichols. Uh, Mid- Mud? And uh, 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 Midnight Special. <laughs> Never mind. Just keep all right, on. all right, all right. <laughs> he, you know, he directed Midnight Special, which was a really uh, cool, interesting, different sci-fi movie this year. Um, so him sort of taking that uh, that uh, that skill and, and making something new um, is cool. And then did you guys see the trailer for Free Fire? This is the most fun trailer I've seen in a long time. So go check out the trailer for Free Fire. Uh, it's Brie Larson, and she's adorable. Is the whole and movie just one gunfight? Yes, the whole movie is a gunfight. Okay. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the first 20 minutes or whatever is a setup, clearly. So, the, but then, so like, the first 20 minutes is them, like, going to one place, and they realize they have to go back through a gunfight? Uh, <laughs> That's my You're Mad saying it's, it's Mad Max. Of, <laughs> yeah. No, it appears it's, like, the first 15 or whatever, however, however long the, the first section is, like, they'll introduce you to the players... And then the whole movie is them in a warehouse with way too many guns shooting at each other, and clearly like alliances are formed and break, and you know, uh, and it looks really funny. And like I've I've seen a lot of people compare it to to a Shane Black trailer because it feels like it. Like the dialogue is is snappy and smart like that. Um, so uh, and and it's it's cool to start seeing Brie Larson kick ass and and prepare herself to be the new Iron Man uh, of of the Marvel universe. So. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I think that's all the news that's worth talking about. Unless there's something you guys remember. But nope. there, wasn't a, there was a lot of like new trailers and stuff that, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, Jason, or no, what, who's playing Deathstroke? Oh, uh, oh that's uh, right. Ben Affleck revealed uh, Man, the, uh, jo- Joe, Man- Joe Mantegrione. Joe Manla Marshmallow. Uh, that, that dude, that, uh, dude, dude, dude what played a dog in True Blood, that guy. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a cool way to announce Pee-wee it. Herman's best friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah. Pee-wee Herman's best friend. And I think like the leaked footage is cool. So I'm yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. a different Batman villain for him to fight. I'm down. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's everything we talked about uh, two weeks ago. That yeah, um, it's it's the most excited I've been for that movie yet. Mm-hmm. Um, not because of him. Like I think he's really good, um, but uh, but having it be Deathstroke is pretty neat. So this week on Runners Podcast, we saw Kickboxer Vengeance. It's actually people see Kickboxer Vengeance. I didn't see this movie. So. Oh, so fuck you. James, <laughs> should people see uh, Kickboxer, Kickboxer Vengeance? Uh, no, I'd really like my $7 back. Brad, should people see Kickboxer Vengeance? I can't, I can't say Kickboxer. I don't know. <laughs> Kickboxer. Kickboxer. Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel so better. So much better. Um, is this or Independence Day the worst movie I've seen this year? <laughs> oh, come on. Independence Day is still worse. 
What? Wow. At least Independence Day has Mike and Monroe in it. This movie is... Yeah, it, Independence Day is also just a lots of money mess. This one at least had... Uh, yeah, this one doesn't even have the money. Yeah, at least this one has Van Damme going, come on! And that's better than anything in Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, in the day and a half he was on set. So both yeah. episodes, I, I have been cautiously making sure I don't spend any money on either of these movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad I just did On Demand, though. I'm Anyways, not... uh, here's the trailer for Kickboxer Vengeance. Ladies and gentlemen, my brother, Eric Sloan, world champion! So who wants to go to Thailand? No rules. No rest. And a chance to be remembered for a lifetime. Eric knew what he was getting himself into. You trained my brother Muay Thai? Yes, I did. Why would you let him fight that monster? I train people. I don't tell them when to fight and who to fight. Train me to fight Tong Po. Afraid to die in a fight. You're dead. You don't have to do this. Your brother was brave. Your brother was a warrior. Yeah, so when this movie opened, I, I... I wanted to turn it off after six minutes. <laughs> Me too. Okay. I'll, I'll, tell you a, I'll tell you a funny story. Zach, are you all right? <laughs> Did you go down the wrong pipe? <laughs> okay. Uh, this movie okay, we'll wait me... to make sure that Zach's not going to die on us. Yeah. Sorry. Don't go dying on me now. the episode where Zach dies. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, before I talk about the... <laughs> plot of the movie i i rented it this morning and my wife went out and ran errands so i was just hanging out with my little guy and he was playing with his cars and it was like i don't know when did i text you guys like nine so i'm like oh i'm yeah. okay i'm good are you sure that sounded like yeah. you were dying i'm not even joking uh and so i was like oh, i'm gonna get some breakfast and i paused it and i realized it's only 22 minutes into it. i'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah so anyways the kickboxer vengeance Starts off, I guess, in mid-story, where this guy shows up at an underground kickboxer temple. It's leftover set pieces from the Maze Runner, is yeah. what it is. <laughs> and so he goes in there because Dave Batista, whose name is Master Poe? Yeah. Uh, That's from the original version. Is it? Oh, good. It, it's, it's, it's this weird hybrid of, like, it's the same storyline, but, like, also a re-imagining <laughs> of the original yeah, I got okay. that, but like, it, I'm so, saying his name's Dave Batista, 
and his name's Master Poe in the movie. No, the actor's name is Dave Batista. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. But his name's Master Poe. He's not Asian at all. Oh, no, agreed. Oh, yeah. totally. so like, I'm like he's what? also he's also underutilized and poorly choreographed, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh and so he gets there and he's like, I just want to train and there's some drunk French guy. <laughs> right. Yes. That won't let him in. And he's I hope that drunk French guy gets a really impactful character arc where yeah. he gets redeemed by the end. And so he's says you can train with us but prove yourself and then he just randomly starts fighting guys well he says he's like i can't take you to master poe unless i know you're not completely without any skills yeah and then they fight and then he beats that guy up he's like he's fast but then the black guy is faster and beats him does he fight weird yeah does the does the guy with all the dreadlocks does he kind of like it must be some form of martial arts i mean I I, guess, i'm not i'm not versed yeah. in martial arts so i have no idea it looks awkward yeah, it's – and then he goes there and you find out that Poe killed his brother in some uh... – His brother is like a world champion, but in like, guy. But in like the leftover set from the Gold's Gym from Creed. Yeah. And, uh, but apparently people care. Uh, Gina Carano shows up and is completely wasted in this movie. Uh, all the coolest people in this movie are in it for like – 15 minutes, and they don't do anything. See, I mean, I, I already kind of knew that Van Damme wasn't going to be in it very much when you look at the poster. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where they're trying to sell the movie. So they, well, we'll put most of our money in Van Damme being here for two weeks and build the rest of the film around it. And the problem is, is the lead actor, the lead actress are not interesting at all. Yeah. They can't act. It's boring. By lead actress, are you saying that woman that shows up every now and then and tells him to stop fighting? Yeah, then, I mean, she looks pretty good naked, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I think they cast her on that, because yeah. she's terrible. You guys didn't see in the theater. Um, did you catch all the mo- parts where it wasn't actually Van Damme's voice? No. In the dialogue? No. Really? You didn't notice? <laughs> no. Uh, anytime his, like, he's talking to anyone and his back is to the camera, listen oh. hard. I did notice one time where, like, yeah, his back Especially was to the, the camera, end. and, like, he... It sounded like he said something that was ADR'd, but I guess I didn't, like... I, it just sounded like really bad ADR to me. Yeah, I don't think that was... I, I didn't check the credits, um, and I probably never will. So, well, it, uh, it may be... If so, somebody what you're saying lines, to me is, is when his back was turned, they had some impersonator saying his lines so they didn't have to pay him more money? Yeah, it didn't sound like his voice at all to me, and I've watched a lot of his movies. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would, ref- yeah, I would <laughs> but I think defer that, to the expert here. <laughs> it might have been a scenario where, like, in the edit, uh, they were like, oh, this didn't work out, so we got to band-aid this, yeah. and we can't get Van Damme back, so let's just hire this guy the who one sounds I, like him. And... Uh, the one I, like, the time I remember it happening, I kind of, I like, in my mind, it was just like, oh, there's some bad ADR, and my second thought was, that was a waste of ADR too. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't yeah. like a line I needed. Yeah, because I don't need his character either. The most glaring one is the final fight where he's encouraging, um, you know, that's Kurt the, Sloan to. Well, that's the thing. The, the final God, fight drove sequence. me crazy because Ugh. it kept on cutting to Van Damme. He'd just say, "Come on!" Yeah, he's like standing Get up. A, Get he's up. Like, he's like standing in a corner where they rebuilt part of the set, and he never interacts with anybody, and he just keeps going like, "Huh." Or like you know, reacting a little bit, and you're like, "This is so awkward." It is, uh, and you know, you always have hope because, again, I mean, I talk about how much I love Roadhouse. Yeah, I'm always hoping for like a B movie action movie that's fun. Sure, and I, I'll always hold out hope. But even the part where they're putting glass on their gloves, the glass looks like 
candy. It's yeah. so they did that in the first long. one. Well, they did, but in the first one, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's an '80s movie and it just looks better to me. I don't know what it is. You can see less detail. I yeah. I knew like there. So many of the shots of this movie are either superfluous or way longer than they need to be. Um, I knew I was in trouble like six minutes in or even less when he's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost worth watching just the opening sequence for this dumb shot where they he it's when he's at the door and he gets invited in and it's like it cuts back and forth from like him walking outside into the door to the inside of the door where we see the door open and he mm-hmm. starts to walk in back outside to where he continues walking out through the door. I'm like, there's it's four fucking shots to get a guy through a door like it's no. Uh, and that happens so many times uh, where like, yeah, like with the glass where it's these long shots of them like slowly grinding glass into their fists. And honestly, I, I can't watch scenes like that without thinking of Hot Shots Part Duh. Right. Because like I just all I think about is gummy bears, M&M's, gummy bears, M&M's because they're sticking their hands in candy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, anyways, it yeah. And every time it's like I wanted Van Damme to be like the Mr. Miyagi where it's going to be cool like yeah. montages. But they never really took off. And it seems like even the reveal of him, you knew it was coming, but I was hoping it'd be a cooler shot. Yeah. But like the the pan into him or the the race into him. The yeah. Whip, the whip zoom. The, yeah, the whip zoom was like shaky and looked like it was they didn't really zoom into him. They kept on just cutting and making and like making the picture bigger. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Zach didn't see it. The, the, when Kurt Sloan and uh his attorney or whatever show up to Van Damme's compound. There's like this Asian guy doing martial arts on the deck. Yeah. And then there's this guy who didn't see, he's like hanging something on a ladder in the corner. Mm-hmm. And so they focus on the guy doing the martial arts. Like, Oh, that must be the guy who trained his brother. Um, but no, then yeah, Van Damme turns around and it's like, yeah, like it's not a reveal. He just kind of, that sounds but stupid. See, you know, you, yeah. you keep on waiting. Like some of them, like some of the montage stuff was cool. Like I like when they were like breaking coconuts and stuff. But then, oh, and he was like, "This, this is what is Poe's head." Yeah, and then I thought, like, oh, yeah, 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 it gets cool, and then it'd be cut with detective lady being like, "I don't want you to go out there." The first montage, and then it would like show them dry humping, and then it would cut to Van Dam. Like having like I think that part was kind of fun. Yeah, and then it cut, and then you have to have more crappy story, and then he had another montage where it was cut with him training even harder, and then she gets naked. It was just weird. Yeah. I just, I just kept on... And there's no explanation as to why, because he gets arrested uh, early on in the flashback because he tries to kill Master Poe before he does all the training and stuff to avenge his brother. Yeah, with a gun. And the girl's just like... Yeah, with a gun. Tries yeah. to kill him with a gun. And the girl's like... Uh, but he does it because he's stupid. Hmm? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't shoot him because he's an idiot. Yeah. Ugh. But, her, like, all she does is say, like... Um, I managed to get you on a plane to go home, and then he sh- and she does. She also tell him like, "Don't come back." No, remember uh, the corrupt police tell him to get a, on a plane and not come back, and he comes. Then he comes back with the gun, and she's like, "Royal Thai police." Right, but yeah. then he gets arrested. I don't think yeah, she's and they, Thai. They, she's. I don't think she is either. And uh, him and Van Damme break out of jail. I don't think there's yeah. any Thai people in this movie. I don't think so either. I don't know. The movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to talk more about the audio, but you guys didn't see in the theater. It's like, there's oh. like really repetitive music, especially in that f- 
fight in the street where they're like jumping on the vans and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, what was oh, that? Yeah. Like like make sure they don't get to their destination and they show up with like elephants. Yeah. And then when they were fighting on the elephants, you could tell they're like paper mache. Yeah. It's <laughs> bad. Gosh. Man. And I don't I don't even understand like the premise of the like okay, so his brother voluntarily go it takes like two hundred grand to go and fight this guy and gets killed. Like, but but then he's like Van Damme tells us like he knew he was gonna die or like he knew what he was doing. Well, actually, I like the so I, I, I do like, like I the Van Damme line where he says, "I train him to fight. I don't tell him who to fight." Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. Sure. I don't think the game. Yeah, was... It's, it's cool. Like the shittiest Rambo or Rocky that's ever lived. <laughs> like this this passionless asshole of a trainer who's like, "Oh, I can make you good, but I can't make you a better person." That's too, you know, it looks like Van Damme did not care oh, yeah. that he was in it. Well, yeah, all he had to do was sell the movie. Right. Um, but I think the fight was like, you go fight, but you don't have to die. And because the police raided in the middle of yeah. the... The, the like, police raid and shoot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, but then there's also like, you can also just get killed by the, by a sword in a fight in like the... It is how it is like weird Maze Runner dungeon thing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, swords. So... Oh, it's, no. ki- it's oh. stop! It's kickboxer. So the first round is kickboxing. The second round is glass, and the third round is swords. Yes, kickboxing, and the worst choreography because it's just them using the two swords as one, right? Like with two hands, but swinging them the same way, and like hitting each other's pair of swords until one of them drops a sword until neither of them has swords left, and then they kickbox. They each go other. back to kickboxing, and I was like, and then the one sword <laughs> flies across. And gets stuck in the chain link fence and oh. has enough hold that eventually Master Poe's throat falls on it and cuts yeah. his throat open and he's his legs still keep him <laughs> like Jeez. that sword is almost aluminum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's holding up this three hundred pound dude. Like I I'm okay with by a, the neck. with a like kickboxer style, like this movie's really stupid, but and like the the plot is dumb and the acting is poor and the sets are cheap and and all of the things that we've complained about, if at least you went and got some great martial artists who are going to yeah. do like some awesome, well choreographed, cool fight scenes, so that when I walk away, I'm right. Like, go get the fucking the Thai warrior guy, or like people who are really amazing uh, fighters, and get them in this movie, so that, that way that becomes the entertainment. And I will forgive literally everything else. Yeah, because that's a problem, clearly that's too, what you wanted to make. Because Dave Batista is a, a wrestler, yeah. so he's not built for like right. Kickboxing. He's, he's built to look cool, and then they give him this choreography where it's just like he like he blocks a couple kicks, and then he just like swings an arm. And I'm like, D- he did cooler stunts in Guardians of the Galaxy where he doesn't do anything in that movie but look cool. Like it's just really boring. Yeah. Um, and I also I got excited because you reminded me about the. T- <laughs> About like his his like hype band who who the in the first scene when they're in the Maze Runner uh, set uh, and he's like he's like hyping up <laughs> Dave Batista and he's like uh, and the last thing he says to introduce him is check it out <laughs> and, Dave, and he says it like twice in that fight scene oh now now, now we'll fight with swords check it out really that's your badass line of dialogue oh. By the way, the drunk guy who shows up at the end fight, he's like in the crowd, and he has a broken arm. When did that happen? I have no idea. Yeah, because he gets this whole redemption where like he's working for the guy, and then he has this fight with with uh, 
Jean-Claude Van Damme where Dan, like, Van Damme converts Van Damme, him basically yeah Van Damme doesn't kill him and is, instead is like you're gonna work for me and you're gonna stop drinking alcohol which is of course the, the you know the cure to all alcoholism um <laughs> And even though at the beginning, like, don't the dude say, like, he's faster when he's drunk? Like, he's a better fighter when he's drunk? Um, which maybe that's the story. Maybe it's the, like... It's a drunken master style of yeah, fighting. Yeah, like, he stops drinking, gets in a fight, breaks his arm, but that's all off. Like, there's, <laughs> he's got this amazing story we don't get to see. Oh, sheesh. So, Man. were you guys so unenthused that you wouldn't want to see kickboxer retaliation? Yeah, aren't there, like, two more? Didn't they already say they're, they're making, like, two more after this? Are they? They said that there, there's going to be one upcoming. They announced it last November. Oh, yeah. Uh, it'll, oh, star, it'll star Alan Moosey, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Christopher Lambert, uh, Raladino, Ra- Ra- Mike Tyson, and some name I cannot <laughs> pronounce. Mike this, this Tyson? This made up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I mean, I thought I remembered saying that this was like, yeah, either that this was a part of a trilogy or maybe it was that they had announced two, at the, you know? Um, yeah, because I thought for sure they were making like, that this was like the start of a whole new yeah. kickboxer trilogy, which if it is, but it's not, it, fuck. after watching this, it seems like they just like they just barely got it done. Oh like, no, you can tell because when they arrest that one lady, she's like, "I'm gonna come back." Oh yeah, yeah, Gina Cron. Yeah, she's so cool. Like she's not amazing, but she can be fantastic. Like in in that kind of a movie, mm-hmm. and so I kept waiting for I can't like she oh. didn't have like a kick ass fight scene, right? Like I thought at the end like everything was gonna turn to bedlam, bedlam, and like she would start fighting people, like maybe she'd jump down in the ring and then she'd fight Van Dam, like that would have yeah. been cool. And I was hoping too, like the pretty police lady, like had, was like some great martial artist and she was gonna fight uh, the other lady. But oh yeah, there right. was no like sweet like no chick fighting, no none of the fighting. Like, None of the fighters. Katana fans and stuff. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Is the are the fight scenes in Kung Pao and the Fist better than this movie? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I think I think that the the cow fight is better choreographed <laughs> and more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Bummer. <sighs> oh, I guess I always have Expendables too if I want to watch Van Damme be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I have I have Jean Claude Van Johnson, which is way better than this. Oh yeah, half an hour of that is <laughs> way better than the hour and a half of it. Oh, couldn't uh, wait for it to. So terrible. Um, yeah, don't yeah. see this movie. So anyway, next week on Real Nerds, we're seeing Blair Witch. What <laughs> is that really? What next week's movie is? It is. Yeah. Adam Weingart, it should be good. I mean, Ryan will watch it, and then the rest yeah. of us will just listen to him talk about it. Yeah, works for me. I feel like I got burned the last time. Actually, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm curious. If cause... I have time, I might do that victory screening for free. Okay. Which one? I got an invite to a Blair Witch oh, yeah, victory screening like on Wednesday. Oh, okay. I work or I do it. Yeah. But it might oh, be full up by now. <gasps> oh, usually victory screenings go in 20 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, from all of us at Real Nerds, bye. 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 Independence Day still sucks. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.